this week on Invasion of the Podcast, that's no moon. That's a limited series on Disney+. Plus. The signal is lit. Will the Batman answer the call? And does Steve know his Batman villains? We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of the attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we try to take over the world one listener at a time. My name is Paul, and somewhere out there is the Steve. Hello, everyone. I could do this all night. <laughs> I, I, I'm just excited that the Riddler sounds a lot like me when I podcast, where I'm just like, <laughs> and then I get really loud and angry at times, you know? <laughs> Um, that's, that's exciting. I was like, I was like, I've, I've been seen. (laughs) You also do the podcast in a full, like, you know, pleather, you know, get up and mask, right? Yeah. I mean, I just want to seal the the juices in. I mean, this is like liquid gold (laughs) that goes on, you know? Uh, so yeah, we'll be talking about the Batman, which I like that we're doing like a Batman voice, which I don't, I don't think Pattinson really changed his voice with this. I mean, did he, like, I didn't hear a distinct like Christian Bale, Batman voice change. No, he, he didn't do the, the Christian Bale. He went more Keaton, which was just to use like a little bit lower version of their own voice. Which was fine. And he was more yeah. subdued. So yeah, we'll be talking about the Batman. There will be spoilers. Uh, we'll throw out the timestamps when we get there uh, in the show notes. So warning everybody, if you've not seen the film, I mean, you might still be watching it right now. You, it, it is eight years long. So, you know, we'll let you know. Like, so if you've not seen it yet, we'll, you can avoid the spoilers. Yeah, I mean, I, it's going to be a long talk probably, but hopefully it's uh, we'll try and avoid you know major spoilers. I don't know. Like, I just, we'll see where we get. But I'll, I'll throw out the warnings. I'll put out the timestamps. It'll be great. Uh, and then we have a game about Batman villains. It's uh, <laughs> it's a lot of uh, real or not Batman villains, and it's just me being an idiot. So we'll see how much of this that you appreciate, Steve. Some of the things that I may or may not made made up is pretty stupid. So I hope that you appreciate it. Well, all right. So, um, so yeah, let's just get into, uh, our weekend talk. So what did you get into, uh, the, this, uh, weekend, sir? All right. Well, uh, there were a couple of things that I'll make mention of. The first one is, uh, we watched, uh, I think it's Carol versus Joe on Peacock. Um, the main reason that we watched it, uh, is Kate McKinnon. Uh, my wife absolutely adores Kate McKinnon as do I, uh, and just the idea of like, oh, she's playing Carol Baskin. That should be entertaining. Um, I'll say this, uh, the, the mini series, it's eight episodes long. Um, and it actually cut into us finishing or continuing to watch, um, uh, yellow jackets. I couldn't think of the, the name of the other show. My apologies. Uh, we didn't get back to that because of Joe versus Carol. I'll say that it's, it's, an enjoyable watch, but honestly, you know all the crazy twists and turns. You know how crazy the story gets. Nothing's ever going to top that documentary for like, hey, here's like four years with a crazy batshit footage. Like, mm-hmm. here you go, and every episode's going to get crazier. 
Um, and I, I think that that happens a lot of times with uh, true to life stories where it's like, oh, the movie doesn't do how crazy the actual story is justice. That's probably fair here. It does try to give a little bit more of an even hand to Carol. Um, I, cause I think it's based on either her. I don't know if she wrote a book or something, but Kathy was looking into it. She's like, Oh, it seems like it's, it's more of her story and, and told from her perspective. So they probably struck a deal with her. Uh, but they did go to some lengths to also show like, Hey, Joe wasn't always an asshole. And these are the things that happened in his life. So it's interesting from that respect, but it's, it's not something that like, I would say you have to absolutely watch. Cause you're like, you know, when Tiger King hit, you know, I know that you grew like very tired of it very quickly, but when it hit, like everyone was talking about it. I don't think that this is going to measure up to that in any respects, but I'll say that the cast is really good. Um, Kyle McLaughlin plays her husband in it and he's, I wouldn't say like, oh, I he's unrecognizable, but like I didn't really think of Kyle McLaughlin, the actor. Um, and it's not like he's in Colin Farrell-esque makeup <laughs> a la The Penguin. He's just got some gray hair. He's got gray hair and he wears glasses. But the way he talks, the way he moves as the character, I, I didn't see Kyle McLaughlin. I saw her husband. Um, so uh, great performances in the show. I just don't think that it's a must-see. I mean, if you've got time to kill and you're interested, it's worth it for the performances. Gotcha. This almost feels like a thing that, had it been made uh, before a documentary was actually presented of the story, it mm -hmm. would have probably went like gangbusters. You know, like there's, because there's times where you see movies that are like based upon true events. You're like, oh crap, or whatever. And then, and then later on, it's like, here's the actual story of what happened. I think because this was reversed and I, then, and I, my, my, um, exhaustion with Tiger King wasn't the documentary, even though I felt like it was a little stretched at times, I didn't watch season two because I just like a complete cash grab and from Netflix. Um, it was more of how I understand it was the beginning of the pandemic, but it was like, okay, is there anything else to talk about now? I'm good. <laughs> you know, like, cause it's just everybody like work stuff. Like everybody's like, did you see Tiger King? Yes, I've seen Tiger King. Thank you very much. Like just, you know, that's all. It was just, it was one of those like white hot moment, like pop culture zeitgeist. So it's like, cool. I'm good. I'm so good. I don't want to talk about this anymore. They're all assholes. And these tigers died, you know? Yeah. The, uh, the last season of uh, superstore starts after the pandemic and their whole first episode of their last season is, uh, about all the things that were going on, uh, during the pandemic and how it affected the store. And, uh, I mean, it, it actually plays throughout the entire season, but like, I think they cover like the, 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 beginning of the pandemic through whenever their season starts. Um, but what's really funny is, is a there, there's one point where uh, this guy who's a, he's like the maintenance guy there. He's a, I, I'm blanking out his name and I feel bad. His last name's Baron Holtz. It's not Ike, but hey. I think they're maybe related. Okay. Um, but he, he's talking to some people and he's like, Oh my God, we got to talk about tire King. How crazy is tire King? And they're like, yeah, that was like two months ago. And he's like, damn it. I wish I, I hadn't gone to the ICU for my COVID. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah. I, I do need, I know you have spoken the the virtues of Superstore. I've not seen any of it. That might, considering I smashed all of Letterkenny in it, like, you know, like a weekend. 
that might be something I need to get into as well because well that in the last season of Brooklyn Nine Nine I that's something that's been on my shelf for a while to get to my my uh you know virtual shelf but yeah that sounds like another show I should get into. It's funny you say that because Brooklyn Nine Nine is one of the shows that's on our virtual show that our shelf that we need to get to. We've started it like twice. And we've enjoyed it enough, but for whatever reason, we just get distracted and start watching something else. So Fair enough. Uh, that's something that we need to sit down and watch. But I would say uh, Superstore, think of it kind of like Parks, of Rec, Parks and Rec in its first season, where it's like, oh, the first season's good, but it's not really the show it becomes. I mean, it kind of is, but like I think it gets okay. their second season to start where they start to hit their stride. Fair uh, enough. Almost the same thing that happened with... Uh, the Office. I, I think the the you know the first six episodes being remakes of the British series. I think they find their footing and they go into their second season. So yeah, I'll give. Of course, I'll give something like that time because you need to have uh, the writers find the characters and the actors the way that they kind of approach things. I appreciate that. So what you're yeah. saying is Superstore is a high recommendation. Uh, Carol and versus Joe or whatever is okay. Yeah, if you've got Peacock, I would choose Superstore over uh, Joe versus Carol. There you go. So yeah. there you go. Um, and then the other thing that I got into uh, was Batman related as well. Uh, because the movie came out, uh, there's a big sale on Comicsology. And actually, before I get into this, I just want to talk about the fact that uh, Amazon bought Comicsology like years ago. I don't even know how long ago it was, but it's been years. And every time I used to log into Comicsology. It'd be like, hey, do you want to merge your Kindle collection and your your Comicsology? And I'm like, I don't really have any comics in, in Kindle. Like, I buy them all through Comicsology. Like, there's there's no advantage to me having it because I'm like, I have a Comicsology app on my Kindle, and it's just more space that's being taken up in Kindle. I'm like, I'm good with it. And then one day I logged in and they were like, hey, um, Comixology is now part of Amazon and its own website no longer exists. We've redone everything. So like when you type in Comixology.com, it basically takes you to Amazon with a subset of the header Comixology. Hmm. Uh, what's annoying is, is that they lost some of the good features that uh, Comixology had, uh, particularly at least on my Mac. Um, when I used to be able to look at things, I could, I could very easily look at my Comixology comics on my Mac without having to log into an app. I could just bring up the website, go and look, can't do that anymore. Now I have to read them in the Kindle reader and I have to down, I had to download that app for, uh, for my Mac. Hmm. Um, you used to be able to see if you, you would be easy. It would be easy to see if you already bought something. And the reason I'm saying this is, is that. Yes, I understand, you know, if I buy something, I should know if I own it or not. However, there are a lot of collections within a lot of both Marvel and DC where they've collected things in different editions. And you might see something and be like, oh, I don't know if I have that. And you do. It's just got either a different cover or it's part of a larger storyline, whatever. And it used to be really easy to tell if you bought something or not, for one, uh, but you click into it, or you would it would say either read or buy. Those were the two options, because if you already owned it, you could read it. Well, you can't do that on Comixology now. So when I click, I have to click into it to see if it's something that I previously purchased, which I know, first world problems, guys. I get it. But, like, it's annoying. It's a bad user experience, as my wife would say. It, it's 
it's making me take extra steps to read my own collection or to see if I've already purchased something. And okay. I think it's also crap that they don't have a, a, you know, to my knowledge, they don't show that you still, because it considers Kindle as separate from comiXology. It'll, it'll let you just buy it again from, from what that, I can that, That's tell. terrible. Yeah. Um, so uh, those are my major gripes. So I'll just, now that those are out of the way, I I've done my old man, get off my lawn. Um, with that in mind, there was a sale on Batman stuff. So I, I looked through and there was stuff that I was like, oh, you know what? I have not read this. I've not read that. I'm going to buy these. One of the purchases that I made was uh, Three Jokers, which is a storyline, I think, from either last year or the year before. Uh, it's written by Jeff Johns. It's drawn by a gentleman by the name of Jason Fabok, uh, who I've not seen his work before. Um, but it's beautifully drawn. Particularly if you're doing it uh, like I was doing it on my Kindle. Uh, so I think my Kindle is just your normal like iPad size. Uh, I don't always use guided view, but like his panels were so perfect that it was just like every panel was blown up to perfect size. And the artwork was spot on. Um, he's he's an artist who I've not seen any of his other stuff, but he's he's really good. So I'm going to look into more about him or other things that he's done. Uh, with that in mind, though, the uh, the story, while I enjoy it, the, the whole conceit behind it is, is that there's three Jokers. One of them could be the original Joker. Maybe none of them are the original Joker, but they're trying to create another Joker. Um, and I, I was with it, like, all the way through. And I, it, it's not that I disliked the ending, but there's something that happens at the end that's revealed that impacts the killing joke. And I, I know that it's the gold standard and I may hold it a little bit higher uh, in my esteem for, for stories, but I'm not always a big fan whenever writers are like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to do something today. That's going to affect a story that was written 30 years ago. Hmm. Um, it's not the change. It's not like, oh, you know, I'm going to be able to read or the next time I pick up a uh, killing joke that I'm, I'm suddenly going to be uh, turned off by it or like, this is garbage to me now. Um, and I would probably be far more invested in this type of change if it was Alan Moore, who will never work for DC again, because he also he he's he's pretty much sworn off uh, not only superhero comics, but also DC in general. Um if he was like, Hey, I've got an, I've got a sequel to the killing joke. I'd be far more interested in that. But the fact that this ties into that story and I'm like, I don't know. I know like, for instance, for you, a big story that you talk about a lot of times, maybe, maybe I should read it, uh, depending on how many issues it is so that we can talk about it. But sins of the father and Spider-Man, you know, that's something that takes a, what, like a two issue, um, chunk out of the spider-man timeline and builds an entire story around it that happened you know previously 30 years ago in the comics or 40 mm-hmm. years ago whenever it was written um so I, I i know that that's one that you enjoy but i i tend to sometimes i feel like if something's that perfect just leave it alone you don't have to try and add on to it you don't have to and again that's not saying those spider-man comics before that were you know because they were probably what late seventies they were, you know, probably be written, you know, on a note card and then 
being dialogued all out uh, over a day. Uh, and that's not me putting down the Marvel method. I'm just, I'm digging a hole here. <laughs> the point that I'm trying to make is, is that I, I hold the killing joke up to be a high mark. Um, whereas I'm sure those two issues that spawned what becomes sins of the father are probably not on people's high marks as far as, I mean, I guess probably the, the death of Gwen Stacy is, but I don't know that that technically fills in. Yeah, I guess that, that it does. That, no, you're right. Yeah. And, and I so like, I wasn't against the sins of the father story. I thought it was since I wasn't so beholden to like this, like, you know, just moment, you know, in terms of the history of Spider-Man, I, I just, and also since I'm a, uh, Straczynski, uh, 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 you know, J. Michael Straczynski honk, I was always interested to see how he was still able to kind of color within the lines, but do his own thing. So I, mm. I appreciate it for that. But I, I see, I see your point of like, you know, there's certain bits here. Like it, it, it was impactful. It, it, it moved the character forward so much. Maybe we shouldn't go back and try to, to add more to it because it's a fine balance and you could easily cause the whole thing to collapse. You know, if you mess with it too much, is that what you're saying? Yeah, and it, it's just one of those things that I'm not saying ruins a story for me, but it's 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 sort of like can we move forward? And I understand, you know, this this character has been around for uh, 80 years at this point, so moving forward is not really it's it's longevity. It's it's staying the course, you know, comics at their heart are all second act. You know, you can't really get to a place where you're going to finish the story because you got to have an issue out next month. Um, but I just, I, sometimes I'm like, ah, you know what? And we'll actually talk about this when we actually get to the, the discussion of the film proper. Um, you know, there are things where you introduce them and you're expanding upon a previous story, but it's, it's, it's like, well, how, how, how much can you pack into this? Like before we go somewhere new, uh, I guess is the best way of putting it. And, and instead of, you know, well, we're going to give you something that you didn't know about that happened, uh, during the killing joke. Now, you know, it's just, I, I'm not a fan of those types of stories. And, uh, I guess, you know, all sequels are that way. So I'm, I'm fairly bad at, at, at making my point here. No, what you're saying, it feels like in, in the Spider-Man three film, uh, the original Raimi one where it's like, Oh, the Sandman was part of this. It's like, no, like, you know, flip Marco, like they kind of shoehorn this in. It's like, that's not the story we knew. We don't need to be attached to uncle Ben's death because of him. Is that kind of what you're saying? Where it's like, you're just adding too much on here. It doesn't really add up. Yeah. And I think there's just also a point where it's just like, can we, can we leave well enough alone? Um, you know, uh, I, I'm just not a fan of something coming along. That's like, Oh, you're the last 30 years of comics. You didn't really know the real story or whatever. Here's the clone saga. We're going to ruin (laughs) Spider-Man. So those, those types of twists, I don't, I don't enjoy it. It literally is probably the last 10 pages of the, of the, 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 the collected edition. So it's, uh, it's an interesting story and it plays with, uh, Jason Todd's character quite a bit. Um, and that's something else when they brought him back, I was very much of the camp. Uh, he's dead. <laughs> he's been dead for, I don't know, 20 years at this point. Why are we bringing him back now? Uh, and it, I have a whole thing with Batman where it's like, if, if, 
if everybody around Batman except his parents keeps coming back, I'd just be like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> what? what is going on? I've come back from the dead. My sidekicks come back from the dead. Superman's come back from the dead. Wonder Woman's come back from the Everybody I know has come back from the dead except for my parents. Like, am I just being punished at this point? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ace the Bat Hound has lived 75 years. I don't understand why. Yeah, no, I see your point. Like, I mean, there's like, especially with like Spider-Man when they brought back um, Norman Osborn, right? Like, whatever. It is what it is. What it is. Like, it's just, yeah. you know, but okay. So you're saying you recommend the, the three Joker story except for the last few pages where they're trying to be a little too clever. Is that kind of, yeah, yeah. and that's, you know, somebody else might really enjoy that. And so that's not me shitting on the comic. It's just, it's, it's one of those things that I'm just stuck on. Uh, Cause we've talked about this too, with films where I'm like, I'm sure that I would enjoy the ring, but I can never get past the fact that why, what's the general conceit? Why is it on a video cassette? why, why this there's no reason ever given that it's a, a videotape um so i don't know uh, i guess in some ways when i get hung up on something it does happen to just ruin my enjoyment overall um sometimes i get past that you know i'll, I'll say this um when i first saw Shaun of the dead i hated the ending i was so mad that they didn't kill themselves at the bunker and then, like, my second viewing, I was okay with it. But, like, the first time I watched it, I was just mad. I'm like, this movie could have been great if only they killed themselves. Like, I, yeah, I don't, that also probably speaks to my headspace. But uh, I, I was... To be was fair, that's how you want most movies to end. Yes. Um. <laughs> but, yeah, the second viewing, I was fine with it. And uh, now that's one of, like, my favorite movies. And, uh, so, yeah, there you go. Okay. So, all right. So that's, that's what you got into for the weekend and that, that, yeah, there's a lot to, to unpack there. I'm kidding. Like, no, thank you for telling me that. I, um, it's a lot to, to consider, especially the Batman stuff. Um, yeah. Well, it's also, I, I very rarely get to like talk about new comics that I've read because unfortunately a lot of times I'm too, too busy with other stuff or whatever. So it was nice to have like, oh, this nice mini series to sit down and read. So Oh yeah, no, that's, that's, that's awesome. Um, so, all right, everybody, there you go. Go read some Batman and your, your, uh, your mileage may vary for the end. That's what we're saying there. So for me, uh, what I got into this weekend was, um, I ended up watching uh, diabolical, which is the Amazon prime, uh, series they put out. That's in tandem with the boys. It's the animated uh, shorts they put out. It's like, eight episodes and like the longest one runs 14 minutes. It's different animators and writers and they all, they all take place in the boys universe. Um, they're canonical, non-canonical. They say the very last one that they put like the, the eighth episode is actually canon to the actual live series, but it's kind of akin to like the different approaches like love, death and robots. And it's also kind of like how they play fast and loose of the way like uh, star Wars uh, visions was in mm-hmm. the sense of like, no, just tell your own story. See what goes on. Like the second episode is from Justin Roiland. And I forget the other guy's name that their guys behind like Justin Roiland is um, one half of the, you know, the creators of Rick and Morty. Right. So that's that same animation style. And it's a story of like these kids put in basically like an orphan home for the kids that were subjected to compound V, but have like oddball powers, like what happens to them. And it is 
goddamn violent. And it actually has kind of a sad ending to it, but it's like, you can just tell that Royal Lynn's like, we, I could do things here. I can't do a Rick and Morty. It's like, Oh God, Oh God, what is going on here? Um, but no, it, it was, um, for, so you can get through this in like an hour and a half, uh, a lot of fun and a lot of cool stuff in there. You, if I, if I told you, Hey Steve, the most effective short story, short form, um, story I'd see this year was written by Andy Samberg. And you'd be like, bullshit, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> Yeah. I'll have to check that out. I, I didn't realize they were that short and I didn't realize that it was an anthology series. I was under the impression that it was like invincible, um, which I have not watched. And I feel like that's going to start a second season. And then I'm going to be even further behind because I, everybody I've talked to or, or heard talk about invincible has walked away loving it. So oh, yeah. like, it, um, it makes me I, wonder why like those guys didn't do a short, like you almost feel like there's this bit of like, Oh, you feel like these two, these two worlds are bumping up against each other, you know? But yeah. And I, I know that Kevin Smith was talking about being a voice in the Justin Roiland episode that you were talking about. And he, he gave this character's name and it was like the dumbest superhero name I think I'd ever heard of, yep. but he also mentioned that he dies and I can't remember what it was. Well, it was... I mean, spoilers, a lot of them do <laughs> Let's put okay. it that way. Um, but yeah, like what was it? There's the one character that, uh, he can become any animal, but that also means that he assumes the intelligence of that animal. <laughs> like, so, so it's, just, it's just funny how like there's this bits where it's like this guy's like you know form of bear and the bear's like i'm just gonna walk away like it just doesn't matter whatever it is and then there's one character that was born with a boom box for the head for a head like a speaker like a speaker for a head and that the only song they can play is uh hootie and the blowfish is i only want to be with you that's the only song they can play like so um there's just a bit where it's like boom box play us some fat beats and get us out of here and you see this killing spree you hear hootie and the blowfish playing it's a lot of fun uh but like the the first uh, the first episode is called what was it laser baby's day out it's very much like a tex avery cartoon but way more brutal uh there's different animation styles like there's the aquafina episode it you got to bear with it cause it gets really weird, but the ending's kind of fun. Uh, but all of it, like, you know, there's worse ways to spend like an hour and a half of your time. And if you like the boys, um, and there's even one story in the middle, that's actually an adaptation of an actual, um, bit from the, from the Grant Morrison book. And the animation is reflective of the comic book. And they even, um, they, they, um, even bring Simon Pegg in who he, he's in the live action series. He plays, uh, the father of Huey, in the mm. series, but in this, he actually voices Huey, which I know was Grant Morrison. Yeah. He wrote the boys and he actually based, I uh, think that's Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis. I'm sorry. Sorry. Garth Ennis. Forgive me. I, I'm wrong. Garth Ennis, but he actually based the character of Huey when he wrote the comic on Simon Pegg. So it was kind of a nice nod to have him voice him for the short. Uh, but yeah, it was cool. It was cool. I dug it. I, I enjoyed watching it and it's there for people to watch. If you like the boys, check it out. Um, a lot of cool stuff in there. So other things I uh, want to mention, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to interrupt you to say that, uh, Kevin Smith's character name was a uh, booby face. It, yeah. So yeah, you, well, it's not lying. And you, uh, you said that, uh, Aquafina's episode was a little odd. Her name was Ariola. So. Well, well kind of, you'll have to, You'll see when you get there, if you get there, which are, you should watch the boys. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> make it sound like if you get there, well, no, you you've, live you've, long you've, enough. You, Steve. Well, have you watched the, bo- I'm sorry. You said you have not seen Vincible, but you've seen the boys, right? 
Yeah, we've we've talked about. Yeah, I think so. I'm, I get confused. I'm sorry, my brain, my brain's just it's a booby brain. It's a booby booby head brain. Um, it's just full of Hootie and the Bullfish right now. Um, no, uh, but yeah. So since you're already caught up, check it out, uh, and then and then watch Invincible. But yeah, you'll. <laughs> I know, I know you have seen some Rick and Morty, but I think you'll appreciate the just what goes on in this episode of how ridiculous it is that segment that Justin Roiland did. Cause I think that the segment's called the one in which their kids kill their parents or whatever. And I like the, the description is, well, it is what it says, <laughs> you know, like it's so, <laughs> it's so, it's so straightforward. So, yeah. So got into that, um, you know, playing, still playing red dead redemption, still being a shitty cowboy. So there's that going on. Um, and then, I, um, at Sunday night, I ended up, uh, watching the AEW pay-per-view called revolution. And it was like four, four or five hours. Awesome pay-per-view, amazing matches, like not a bad match on the entire card. So it was a solid, like you know, entire show, like front to back. Um, there was a dog collar match, meaning the two guys had dog collars on and then they were attached to a chain. So meaning they can't like run away from each other. It was very bloody, very brutal. A lot of fun. Gross, a lot of fun though. Uh, so there you go. So just watching men fight each other for sport, good time. So Monday night, um, I ended up going to uh, to downtown Cleveland to see a taping of Monday Night Raw, the WWE show. I had never been to a Raw taping before. Uh, we had excellent seats. It was crazy, like the seats that we had. Uh, Raw is a three hour live show, right? That goes off, and so we I. It was weird dealing with like the commercial interruptions because what would happen is, is that um, if people would be introduced. You'd see their music. They come to the ring and everybody would, like boo or cheer them, and then like the lights would go dark, and then we'd see like ads on the screen, like this far screen, this large screen, for things. And then when they're coming out of the commercial break, their music would pick back up and they'd be back in the ring like waving to people. It's like we're aware of what's going on here, you know. Like I understand that you're cutting away for a commercial. That doesn't mean you have to stop the interacting with the crowd, but this is more like, you have to be quiet for three minutes. Like it was so weird, Um, (laughs) but yeah, no, it was a fun show. The, the, the opening, the opening uh, bout was uh, like 40 minutes. It was a triple tag match. That was crazy. And the crowd was all into it. Like uh, Randy Orton was there. And when he finally got the hot tag to come in, like the place was just exploding. And then, but like, there's still two hours and 15 minutes. And then, because it's WWE, you have to have a lot of people walking into the ring and just talking, like cutting promos. So it's like, you know, you hit this high point early on and then it just felt like it was like slowly wearing me out the rest of the night. You know, like it was like, this is amazing. Oh God, more people are just talking. Can we get to more fighting, please? Like, so. <laughs> well, and just in, in direct correlation too, and I know it's not the same product. When I went to that AEW show about a month ago, it was just go, go, go match, 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 match. There were some, some talking, some promos, but you were constantly being engaged with something. And this was like the production value was really high. So there was a lot of fun to see a WWE product live. Right. But it's like, you can tell, you can tell what master they were serving, which was the TV audience and not us necessarily. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, that makes sense. I, uh, I don't know. I, I remember going to uh, the uh, um, Hall of Fame induction for Metallica. I was lucky enough to get to go and see that uh, at the Rock Hall, uh, the induction ceremony that is uh, back in 2009, I think it was. 
And uh, I remember, you know, because it was also broadcast on Fuse, which I don't even know if that's still a channel anymore. <laughs> Uh, but you know, there were commercial breaks and stuff like that. And it was, it was, it was, and they were of course being inducted last. So it was a long night of seeing a lot of bands that either was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, this is good. This is fine. And this is cool, but I'm really here for, you know, them at the end. And, um, <laughs> I just, I remember being like, it felt like a very long night. And I imagine seeing like a live wrestling event like that was probably very similar for you where it's just like, uh, yeah, I, I gotta get to bed. <laughs> well, it's not even that. Like, I mean, like I said, the AEW show is about the same amount of time. Uh, and then when I, I've been to some local promotions, which I still need to get you to the a- AIW shows and those are pretty long and there's some lulls in them, but it's like, they're just, there's just matches, right? There's actual wrestling going on. And sometimes you're like, you're into it or not with this. There was just stretches of just people like they, they do these quote unquote talk show segments where they'll bring a guy out like, um, the Miz, right? Cause he's from Ohio. Right. And they're doing this whole angle right now with him and Logan Paul. It's goddamn Logan Paul. Um, who was from Bay village, Ohio. So he's like, yeah, Cleveland. It's like, everyone's like, it's like, just go away. I know you've made a gajillion dollars being a YouTube streamer. I do not care who you are, but it's like, you know, the Miz, like, you know, you know, local boy made good. His father owns a mystery hero, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, like whatever. It's fine. Is that you know? true? No, he does. He owes one of Parma. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. So like, <laughs> I'm not, not making that up. His dad's a very, very nice guy. So, and um, if you go to that one in Parma, you see photos of the Miz because he was originally on like road rules, like the MTV show. Uh-huh. And they actually make it onto like, what was it? Like he ended up like he wanted to be, or was it, or was it the real world? I can't remember either way. He ended up making his way into wrestling because of that part of it, you know? So he's done well, right? He's a heel, but he's done well, whatever. And it's like, okay, great. We had all this. And then, then there's other promos like, um, edge came out and cut this really weird promo, like with like the ring being like almost like black lit and him just being like, I have this epiphany and all these things going on. And I understand that I, I can now shape the business. It's like your edge. Cool. Glad I got to see you live, but you're not wrestling anybody. Can you please go away? You know what? It's just, I thought that, uh, so didn't they, you know, the way it used to be was, uh, although I guess these were film segments, but, uh, so it's probably different, but, uh, you know, you would, you'd get, uh, you know, the undertaker's parlor and he would, you know, throw uh, Jake the snake or not, sorry, Jake the snake. He was ultimate warrior that he threw in there with a snake. (laughs) Yeah. They don't do that anymore. They don't do like, uh, you know, the barber shop or the Piper's pit. They don't like, they do their talk show segments in the ring live. Like, uh, like uh, Kevin Owens has the KO show, like, you know, like, and he, he, Kevin Owens is amazing, but uh, it's just like, but there was, there's so much like talking in the second half. Like, I don't mind people coming out like, you know, like um, Kevin Owens has a thing right now where he's constantly shitting on the city of Dallas because that's where WrestleMania is going to be at. And the whole thing that that's been aiming towards WrestleMania this year, which is like a month away is that the rumor is that stone cold Steve Austin's coming out of retirement either for a match or a segment with Kevin Owens. So Kevin Owens has been like shitting on Texas and talking garbage the entire time. And then at the end of the show, you know, he talks about like, you know, he's, he's like, Oh, you think Cleveland's any better? <laughs> he just goes into it. You know, at one point he's like, I can honestly say, I hope I am never here again. <laughs> It was like him just like ripping into the crowd and making fun of everybody. Cause at one point stone cold's music plays and everybody stands up and he's like, did you think, did you think he was here? You're dumber than I thought you were. And it was really fun. It was a lot of fun with him just, you know, 
just ripping everything, right? So that stuff was okay, but it's like the pacing was so odd. It was just, you gave us this wonderful match at the beginning that should have closed the show, that everything was just, it was really top heavy, right? That's that's where I'm saying there was the slog. It's just that you didn't keep me engaged so much after. Not that I didn't know I wasn't going to be here until like, you know, like, uh, like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. That's all. So, uh, all right, this is a, I'm going to go off into a tangent here because, hey, that's what we do. In regards, you just said Stone Cold may be coming up out of retirement for either a match or a segment. How long has A, he been retired for? And B, you know, I know I gushed about, um, oh, the WWE movie that starred Florence Pugh. Um, oh, uh, Fighting With My Family? Fighting With My Family, thank you. I know that, you know, The Rock was a piece of that, and that was a WWE film. Uh, but like, say somebody like the rock or probably even now John Cena, like what is their affiliation? Like, uh, how, how long have they been gone from oh, like no, Cena. The, the rocks not getting in the ring anytime yeah. ever again, probably. Right. Well, so, um, one Cena was just at, um, WrestleMania last year, if I remember right or something, like he, yeah. Cause last year was the summer of Cena. He was actually around to face Roman Reigns. And so he actually popped back in cause he had a window of time between the suicide squad and, and something else he was filming. Uh, cause he'd already wrapped peacemaker. So he actually had a window that insurance would clear him because, you know, since he does a lot of Hollywood stuff, a lot of companies are like, we're not going to insure you if you go in the ring while you're on this like film project. Right. Same thing with the rock. Like there's a calculated risk, right? So he came back, actually had a match with Roman Reigns and they had a whole like lead up those couple weeks. That was fun. The rock, the rumor is, is that, um, he may not be around this year for WrestleMania, but he might be back for the next one. So there's still rumors that he's coming back because, uh, Roman Reigns is his cousin. And so there's this big thing about like Roman Reigns has had this title run for like almost two years now. And it's like, you know, who's going to knock him off the throne? And so since WWE can't actually grow anybody and book them well, there's been talk of the rock showing back up and it's getting, it's gaining some attention. So I'll say, okay. So I not being a current watcher or anything like that, you know, I'll, I'll say that I understand why that's huge for the WWE, but like, and those guys are in phenomenal shape. Don't get me wrong. Like they mean better than us. Yeah, I mean, they, they, (laughs) but I, I just wonder, you know, if I'm Warner brothers and, uh, you know, I'm in the John Cena business and technically the rock business now too, because of black Adam, I get a little nervous about those two guys, a walking into the ring, but also just like, you know, they're not in their twenties anymore. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I just, no, no, I, no, you're absolutely right. So the thing with stone cold, he hasn't wrestled in like 17 years or something. So my guess is that there he's, he's still affiliated with the WWE. He has uh, his, uh, his broken skull podcast that he does that gets shown like there too. So he's still affiliated with the company. Um, and it was broken skull sessions. I think it's what's called. So like, I think they're just backing the dump truck up to get, like, like, here's your money, like show back up. And the rumor was it was a match, but now it's starting to imply that it's just a segment, meaning that he doesn't have to do a full on match and will probably come out, you know, just beat up Kevin Owens for a second and give him a stunner, especially in Dallas. And then maybe throw some beers around and people will lose their minds. Cause it'll be fun, right? Like it's WrestleMania. WrestleMania is about spectacle. So whatever, like I'm, I'm okay with that. If that that's what's going on. But anyway, so yeah, the rumor is that stone Cold's coming out. 
uh, to at least, you know, uh, deliver some justice and then go back into the sunset and just do his podcast. Okay. I, I mean, do you think he'll get iced tea to come with him and they can do a tide commercial while he's there? That too? would be great. And then also Matt Ryan, who is the quarterback for the Falcons. Yeah, I hope so. Cause he's Matty ice. I know. Uh, but also like here, can I give you like, so stone cold, I think is his like his fifties, right? Can I tell you during that AEW um, revolution pay-per-view sting who is 62 years old, did a table spot where he jumped from like this um, entrance in the arena through two tables on somebody 62. Jesus. And he looked good doing it. It wasn't like they just took like, it wasn't like they cut away and just threw a mannequin you know, in the meantime. <laughs> So mm-hmm. yeah, Sting, like he's not show like they use him so well as part of a group and he's still intimidating. Like it's wonderful. And the fact that he's able to take a bump like that and, and still like, and not be like a bag of broken parts, like the undertaker is amazing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the idea of, I mean, I guess, you know, David Arquette, when we watched that video and he's not, you know, He's not in the type of shape that either of those guys are, but uh, or you us, know, you and I, or us, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he's in much better shape than us. Uh, you know, I remember, you know, just the him him being like, oh, I'm older now, and like just the the it was taking extra tolls on him. I can't imagine being 62 and doing that, but whew. yeah. So there you go. So yeah, there's wrestling talk, which will never happen again in the history of the show until next week. <laughs> it's very fair and <laughs> very uh very accurate yeah so we'll, we'll we'll talk about what we're doing next when we get there so so yeah that was our weekend talk i guess uh you know after all that i get we you know it's it's only fair that we get to some news and there'll be some star wars talk good news everyone I know we never talk Star Wars at all on this uh, on this series of Invasion of the Podcast, but the Obi-Wan trailer came out, which I know we normally do like trailer things, but Steve, Steve had some opinions today on it, <laughs> and I figured we'd talk about it. I didn't have the opinions. I, I just, uh, I just, you know, stated that uh, we've already decided that the show's terrible. Uh, and we gave a review of uh, not only just the trailer, but the entire series. I like that you went on, our, on the Facebook page. It's like, I know we're bad about up like posting things, but it was like, I, I checked it. I'm like, what is this? I'm like, oh, good. Look at this content. I like it. Oh, <laughs> but I like that you did a snap judgment of the series based upon a trailer because that's the world um, right now. Right. So, um, yeah, uh, that everyone's like, you know. Well, I should say everyone's excited for this for now, right? Yeah. Until until, <laughs> until you know. the first episode comes yeah. out. <laughs> uh, I saw the trailer. Um, it looks really cool. I'm excited. Like, I mean, you know, my level of excitement is going to be different than yours. Um, I was going to come in with a really dumb joke of like, are we? I'm I'm kind of done with prequel stories. <laughs> but whatever like you got you and mcgregor on board you got you know um you know uh hayden christians coming back as vader like and redeeming him as an actor at portraying a character right we got and it looks like it just doesn't happen on tatooine which i know we've talked about that (laughs) you know but meaning like no like no no i know what you mean steve of all the stories of everything that's gone on so far of all the other star wars stuff that's been shown here 
if you said, hey, Obi-Wan stuff's taking place on Tatooine, I'd be like, well, yeah, that makes sense. Like, that's the one that makes the most sense to me, and I'm not going to argue with you about it, because <laughs> that's where he was. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, I just, okay, that's the one, so I'm not mad about that at all. It's just, But it looks like it goes other places, and that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we're going to see at least two or three new maybe environments or planets. Uh, and I, I think that we're also going to return to Mustafar, which is where Vader's castle is. So I, I, I'd be surprised if we don't, because um, the last time we saw it was in uh, Rogue One. Uh, but I'm I'm excited for the show. I, I think uh, a... okay so i'm not a i'm not somebody who outright just shits on the on the the prequels i'm also not somebody who will defend them no matter what like i i've said that my least favorite star wars movie is attack of the clones that being said though i'm so glad that ewan mcgregor is getting a chance to do obi-wan again but also it be his story you know at no point i actually thought I thought episode one is going to be more of Obi-Wan's story. And it just turned out that it was Qui-Gon's story. And, you know, Obi-Wan was his apprentice and then attack of the clones. They're split Obi-Wan and Anakin throughout the entire movie, but we're supposed to have this relationship built where their brothers never really happens or gets there. And then by the third one, it's like, okay, they have to have this confrontation so I'm excited that he gets to come back because he, he is literally the best thing about the prequels. Oh, yeah, I, he's I, so good. Yeah, he's really yeah, good. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody would argue with that. And I, I'm I'm glad that he gets to step into this character 15 years after, no, 17 years after the last time he played this character. and Kind of like Stone Cold coming out of retirement, right? So, <laughs> there so. you go. Uh, <laughs> and it would be great whenever Obi-Wan gives a, a Stone Cold stunner to Darth Vader. Hell yeah! Give me a beer, whiskey, another beer. (laughs) Give me a blue milk. Um, I do think it's also interesting that uh, they're including the Inquisitors, which is an idea that was introduced in the TV series Rebels. And basically the Inquisitors are just uh, these force sensitive. I don't think they're ever fully trained. They're not quite Sith, but they're they're basically Jedi hunters. Um, that that Vader and um, Palpatine employ. And we get to see three of them that were direct directly from Rebels. So we we know that what happens to them later in Rebels, so we know that that, that conflict probably isn't going to result with Obi-Wan defeating any of them, but uh, it, was re- it was a big surprise. It was sort of like Cad Bane showing up in Boba Fett. Hmm. Um, so uh, there's interesting stuff at play. Um, oddly enough, uh, they got Mark Hamill again. They've de-aged him down to 10. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. But the, the uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. His Corvette summer age is what they got him. No. Um, <laughs> no. So I, I, from what I just saw, like someone made a comment. So this you know, obviously isn't verified. This people were excited for the trailer. And someone had said to another friend of mine who had posted the trailer, like, do you think this, they're going to do some callbacks to, um, the most recent, like, was it the, the game that was put out the, um, uh, fallen order game, which is dealing with some of the inquisitors and like what they call them, the sisters, so I, there might be some hinting at some of that lore because these games were actually produced under the current Lucasfilm thing. So we'll see. 
there might be some tying into because I know they cut like you mentioned the animated series. There might actually be some um, Fallen Order uh, tie-ins too, which I've not played that game, but. I've heard nothing but good things about it. So that's kind of cool too. Not that I need to have this like wide reaching net of other media, but if the lore's out there and they can present it to me and I don't have to be like, huh, I have no idea what this is. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to do kind of what they did with Ahsoka, which is integrate a character who probably isn't known beyond the, the star Wars fan base to the general audiences. And I think that they're, they're they're doing that, but also keeping it within continuity that they've already created. And if we all know one thing that Star Wars fans love, it's their continuity. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I mean, until it isn't, and until it is, right? Like you know, that's until it's something they don't like. Uh, yeah, I just I, it would be it would be the greatest if you if the first three episodes of this was just Obi Wan going to lay down and take naps, and they just see backstory, and then him waking up. <laughs> And him doing nothing during the episode. That would be amazing to me. I would love it so much, right? That would be great. Or you just see Vader in the back to tank just having vision, like re- memories of what was going on. <laughs> I, I do hope, just simply for Hayden Christensen's sake, I do hope that there are some flashbacks to him and Obi-Wan, you know, because A, I would like to, because that was one of the nice things that the Clone Wars series did was is it actually did build a relationship between those two that you can buy them being so uh you know but it being such a painful match at the end of revenge of the sith uh you know i do hope that they get to fill in a little bit more of that here where it's like hey let's do some flashbacks where we get to see hayden christensen in or obi-wan kenobi and anakin actually liking each other um so that would be that would be be nice not only for him but also i i think his i, I feel that that guy gets unfairly shit on a lot um, not nearly as much as Ahmed Best, obviously, um, but I, I just I feel like he's not the problem with those movies. No, no, Whether no, you no. Like no. his performance or not, that's fine. But like, no, his performance yeah. isn't good. However, there's someone that's yelling action and cut that can make that decision of like, is this good to print? You know, like let's put it that way. You know, like that was the direction given to him or the lack thereof. So I'm not mad at him. Um, it's also, this is a, a brief aside. I was watching uh, late night with Seth Meyers. And they had Topher Grace on, uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and Seth Meyers is asking about like, oh, well, you know, like, you know, with your new show, like was a home economics, it's been on like what second season. Yeah. And he was like, you talked about the Venom two movie coming out and Topher Grace told the story about how the second season premiered the day after Venom two was supposed to come out. He was like, he's like, I had an idea. He's like, I couldn't get like Disney and Sony and everybody involved, but he's like, I wanted to have the cast of home economics as characters watching this trailer for Venom two. And then have, he's like, I wanted my character to just be like very disinterested and be like, I don't know. It's like this Tom Hardy guy, like, what has he done before? Like this whole thing. <laughs> and it was like, no, no, no. He was like, it's like, I don't know. It was like, he's yeah, it's just, is he, is he good with it? It's like the entire time, like him questioning everything about it and everyone being like, Oh no, he was Bane. And you know, he knows what's going on. He's like, I don't, I don't really know if I buy him as Venom. like this him kind of like, just, just, just being disinterested and dismissing Tom Hardy the entire time. <laughs> and I thought that was really funny. Cause again, I don't think to for grace, what, he, what they told him to do. I don't think there was that like as much as Spider-Man three is a flawed work. I, I think that, you know, <laughs> 
I don't think he was the problem with that movie, you know? Oh, so, he's yeah. not. He's yeah. absolutely not. No. Yeah. But he also told the story about like when he first got cast, he was talking to Seth Meyers and Seth's like, Oh, I, you know, what's going on? He's like, yeah, I got in the Spider-Man three. He's like, what are you, what are you doing? He's like, I'm Venom. And then Seth was like, mm, but isn't he like a little bigger guy? He's like, no, 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 it's all worked out. And Seth was like, uh, like, <laughs> It was one of these things where even at the initial casting, Seth's like, ah, you know, it was I did think it was, I did think it was an interesting idea to make Venom essentially bizarro, uh, Peter Parker, I guess. Yeah. The dark mirror, right? Like, that was fine. I like, again, that's a whole other discussion for like, I think we've talked about that previously, but, but yeah, like it would be exciting. It would be exciting to see more Vader that's appropriate to the story, meaning like, You know, and like as much as I know, I say the word space wizards or whatever, this is a space wizard story. <laughs> I'm not upset about this. You know what I mean? Like, you can't be like, you know, it would be really cool if Obi-Wan just had a food truck and most Eisley and just, you know, just did his own thing for a bit and see what happens. No, like, I don't need to know the story about how you met the guy in the 50s diner and Attack of the Clones, you know, the big four armed guy. I don't need that story. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? The guy that's like the weird fifties diner. That yeah. <laughs> like Dexter Jetster is his name. Oh, great. Yeah. Thank you for I'm sorry, Steve, that you know that I'm so sorry that you actually know that. name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, like this will be fun and I can't wait. Like this, this will be more content like in terms of star Wars stuff and we'll see like, um, yeah, I, I'm the, this is something that I understand that it was originally percolating as like one of the, um, in between star Wars movies, right between like the chaptered ones, much like the Boba Fett one was, I would much be, I would, I'm much more happy to get an extended story. And like this, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure we'll talk about when we get to the end of it, but I like so far so good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to, to see it. Uh, and you know, Look, if it turns out to be more Boba Fett than Mandalorian, I'm still going to be happy that we got it. Oh, for sure. Like, I liked the book of Boba Fett. It, did it have weird pacing well, issues? Well, as did I. Yeah, yeah no, it just it was a little weird, whatever. But, you know, it's not, it isn't like Star Wars brings you shits the bed. It's like, oh, no, 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 I've <laughs> seen, I've seen the last, you know, the rise of Skywalker. I'm good, you know, whatever. You know, like, I'm. All right. So yeah. Anyway, so next story, Steve, you were talking, you wanted to bring in about some release dates, right? For some, some movies. Okay. Um, I didn't realize, I thought we'd switch to something else. So oh, I'm no, what was the to- other thing? I'm sorry. What was the other thing you want? Cause I have a secret story. Was there another? Uh, yeah. So no, the, the, uh, the monsters film by That's Rob right. Zombie. Sorry. I, I, I am a hack and a fraud. Yes. The monster, the monsters film. You're right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and look, I, I, I do think that people just, you know, want to shit on Rob Zombie because he's Rob Zombie and it's an easy target. And I'll admit that, you know, his filmography for me is about a 50 50. Like I either really like his stuff or I really dislike his stuff. So, um, there isn't a lot of middle ground a lot of the time, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but I think he is a talented guy. And I, I think that he clearly loves the monsters, but, uh, it was recently, uh, revealed that, uh, the monsters has been rated PG. He's doing a reboot of it. Um, and I'm just, uh, instead of pulling up the story, I actually pulled up his, uh, Instagram post. Uh, and what I think is funny is, is that he wrote for those of you speculating, wondering, and assuming that the monsters would be dirty, violent, and nasty. Well, you are wrong. It's all good down on 
Mockingbird Lane. And then it's a photo that says the monster is rated PG for macabre and suggestive material, scary images and language. And I always knew, like I knew that he wasn't doing some sort of like dark, you know, devil's rejects version of the (laughs) monsters. And he's clearly a guy who loves the monsters. You don't write a song called Dragula without loving the monsters, you know, like, Nobody was talking about the monsters in what 1997 when that song comes out. Like, he's a guy who's probably loved the monsters for like you know his entire life. So, I, and again, I know people are going to shit on the movie no matter what. And I, who knows, I might not even like it, but I do think it's funny that that you know people seem to be shocked that uh, somehow the monsters was going to be PG. Like, I, I I can't imagine we would live in a world where it's a dark and hard gritty reboot of the monsters anyway so it would be like later tim burton being like i'm gonna make Wee's big adventure but it's like i'm gonna make it r-rated like that no it doesn't make sense like you get <laughs> yeah. you know it's and also i will i will also say like robert rodriguez like a lot of the film like his spy kids films right and then mm-hmm. other stuff he's done it's like somebody can you you could do two things you could do multiple things um even uh eli roth did that film a couple years ago what was it the house of the clocks in the walls or whatever mm-hmm. it was called. That's a family movie. It's like, it's not like you bring, you bring your love of something, you bring your talent and ability. And I like, whatever you want to say about Eli Roth, like he's, you know, he is an accomplished filmmaker. I'm not saying I'm a fan of most of what he's done, but he knows how to bring a film across the finish line and he has his influences. Right. So like, um, I, I think it's kind of, it, it's like, it's like, um, uh, when, what was it? Wes Craven, when he did his, uh, what was it called? Music from another room where he's like, I kind of just do a movie where there's not monsters and not like killers. Like it's, it's perfectly acceptable to have creators do different things. And the monsters is in Rob zombies wheelhouse, but not in, you know, like just calm down. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? It's like, uh, you know, like we're not ready. I don't think we need that gritty. We don't need the Batman version of the monsters, you know, like I'm okay with it. Like this, this might be, this might, well, actually for all intents and purposes, this is probably going to be his most approachable film, right? Like, and yeah. it should be a lot of fun, right? Like I, and I don't see why, why it wouldn't be. I would also say before people start like out, you know, crying out about how, you know, how the monsters are somehow untouchable, I, I would remind you that I think this is probably like it's fourth reboot. Like it's not, it's not like this hasn't been tried in the past and it's not some sacred cow, you know, it's not the Godfather. So calm down people. When the movie comes out, I, I and, need, I need the gritty original prequel called, was it? Um, Oh, it was monsters. So thing wasn't part of the monsters thing was in the Adams family. Right. Uh, yeah. And, uh, oh, see, I'd ruin the joke. I've been like, I need a prequel about the whole person. And how they so, lost, how they lost themselves, and you got the hand, but that's that's not the monsters. So the last time I think that they were rebooted was uh, Brian Fuller, uh, Mockingbird Lane. Yeah. yeah, which I think was supposed to be a series, and then NBC backed out and was like, "Yeah, we're just making it a TV movie." If yeah. I remember correctly, no, you're right. Um, and that was a much darker and more realistic take. But like, if you look at the cast photos for this film, it's very clear that Zombie is doing a a very like classic version of the characters as well. I don't think he's changing uh, too much, you know, and I, I, I do wonder if it's going to be sort of that, uh, you know, does it take place at the time that it really aired or is it, you know, currently an updated version? I don't know. I think it, it could be fun, 
it might not be good. And if it's not, that's okay too. I, but, I, but I just, you're right. I don't know if, if, if it said in the sixties, that's one thing. Cause that was like the modern family at the time. But also if you said it now, then you still kind of have that Brady bunch movie kind of vibe. Yeah. That was, could be fun too. Yeah. I was going to say, I really like that. That, and I, it's not that I just like the second one, but I, I really like that first uh, Brady bunch movie, which is funny. I like the second one a great deal. The second one is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> when Alice just opens up the door, the refrigerator door and walks in and closes it, that, yeah. it's implying that's where she lives. I lost it. <laughs> but so, yeah, yeah. No, that could be fun. It could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Again, uh, we'll, we'll see what it turns out to be and, and whatever, but, you know, I, I'm I'm happy to see that uh, he's at least getting to do a little something different than, you know, what he's been doing. I feel like he's also somebody who kind of gets pigeonholed into, like, what he has to do. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. my gosh, we're, we're doing our year of Carpenter, right? So you want to talk yeah. about, like, people getting stuck in lanes. So, yeah, like... You know, wouldn't, wouldn't it have been great if, like, you see the trailer for like, a Robert zombie film? Like, like oh, okay, you know, like, oh, he's classing up the joint. We'd find out it's like Robert Zombieford. Like, oh, oh, Z- Zombington. Like, or he'll do like The Rock. Remember, like, for a while there, The Rock was Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. Now I think he's just, you know, Dwayne Johnson. It'll be like, you know, Robert the Zombie. And then, like, I don't know what his real last name is. Zelinsky. What, what if yeah. his last name was Zombie? What if, like, we found out, like, oh, shit, he was right the entire time. But anyway, so, yeah, no, I see your point. Like, this, like, people need to calm down. And what I, I, I think we're at this fever pitch. I mean, it's only going to get worse, unfortunately, where people are like, ah, this is the hot take reactions, right? And that's all it's going to be because that's what gets the engagement. That's what gets the clicks, you know, and it's just calm down, you know whatever. But until we see a trailer, uh, until we see the film, Hey, th- this has to still be better than uh dark shadows. You know, the, um, you know, that one with Johnny Depp, that was okay, but not great at all. So I haven't seen dark shadows, but I can fairly, I can say safely that I hope it's not, a, a you know, a, uh, dark shadows either. Fair enough. Uh, Cause I don't know anybody who loved that movie. We saw it in the theater um, and it was kind of like, Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. It was one of Christopher Lee's last roles, too. And you're like, oh, come on. Yeah, anyway, so, all right. Uh, last news story, Steve. And this one this one is, uh, you don't know this, but um, the world's over. I don't know if you know this or not. Uh, here's the headline. Mysterious ancient Japanese killing stone said to contain a demon has cracked open. All right. So this was um, from two days ago. So our time is limited. The uh, Sesiho Seki rock found in... Uh, uh, Toshiji uh, uh, Mountains near Tokyo, Japan, is said to house, house an evil nine-tailed fox and recently split into two almost equal parts, right? So uh, this ancient rock, um, people would come to visit it, has cracked open, so it's called the Killing Stone, has split in two after supposedly locking away this evil spirit for almost 1,000 years, and it was said to be home to a nine-tailed fox known as Tamamomo Nome. Uh, and legend has it that those who come in contact with the rock uh, will die. So uh, the folklore says that the stone also continually spews out poisonous gas. That's something that we have in common. Uh, it had become a tourist hotspot, attracting visitors to the mountains of Toshiji near Tokyo, uh, famous for its hot springs. So, But its separation of two parts has left some people nervous to visit with speculation that the evil vixen might have been resurrected to unleash havoc again. So, um, yeah, 
how do you feel about the world ending? Because this rock opened and an, um, a nine tailed Fox after a thousand years is out causing havoc. I feel like some sort of Indiana Jones type should be researching this right now and finding out what he needs to do to stop whatever is going to happen. You know, I feel like uh, right now there's somebody opening up a book that's, you know, abounded human skin trying to figure out like, <laughs> they're like, but how what, do we stop this thing? What um, does the Fox say? You know, like I'm just <laughs> No, I, I, um, I, I just want to know if there was somebody around when this thing split open and what they did, you know, like either someone was like, I want to take a quick selfie and this thing just breaks open. Right. Um, or whatever. Right. Cause I just, there needs to be like, if I was a local and this happened, you, you need to go up and like leave like some muddy footprints and some blood streaks around. Right. That's what you need to do. Um, you know, just to mess with people. But also I'd say this is the worst, um, this is like the worst blind box opening ever because no one caught anything. You don't even know what was in it. And now it's open and then people don't want to see it, but the world could be over. So well, there's, there's a, there's a plus. The, Sorry, go ahead. When, when you first said, no, that's okay. When you first said that the rock split in two, I thought you meant that Dwayne, the rock Johnson had split into two. kind of like how there was, uh, the red and blue Superman there for a period in the nineties. I wish, I wish there was this Dwayne and Johnson separate and then they had to fight it out. Like Superman uh, <laughs> was a Superman three style. Was it three? No, it was four, right? Was Superman four. <laughs> yeah. No, it's three where oh, okay. uh, he fights himself in the uh, junkyard. Yeah. That's what I need to see is Dwayne versus Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best part of that movie. <laughs> I need to see I, I need to see it. Johnson flicking peanuts at Dwayne like super like in a bar right before the fight happens uh, I, that that happened right it's been forever since I've seen that film like something did occur like that uh well the yes yes I yes the 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 peanut flicking scene does happen in <laughs> Superman 3 and they fight in a jump drive. not nearly as sexy as it sounds right so um no um so yeah there is an evil nine tail fox <laughs> out there in the world um and it could be the end of humanity so um are you at least excited that we got there together you know like at least at least we know what's coming now you know at, le- at least we know how it's going to end <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I thought it would be a pandemic or a world war, but turns out just it's a demon fox. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> I feel like I think I saw the meme of that posting that and then there was the the like the board from um Cabin in the Woods where the guy like one of the guys that was uh, I forget the two actors, but they're pointing at like the different things. It's like who had demon fox? Who had nine-tailed demon fox? Yeah. Like <laughs> <you know? laughs> So I enjoy your last days, everybody. Um, you know, um, now people give you grief. It's like, you don't even know the demon Fox is coming. And, uh, that's why you should be like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to risk it all and have hamburger helper. That's, you know, that's what you do. Oh no. <laughs> you definitely don't want to do that. But Steve, you were living dangerously. You had hamburger helper recently. How was that? Good. Uh, it wasn't bad, but I did wake up in the middle of the night with a, not the worst stomach ache I've ever had, but like I woke up and I'm like, ooh. A hamburger hangover? Yeah. That is what I uh, yeah. I, uh, oh. I don't know. Uh, the lure of, of 
just a pound of ground beef and uh, a box of hamburger helper was calling me. So, uh, no, we all we all have that yeah. siren song. That no, like, was yeah. Um, for me, it's always like every so often I can't help it. No matter where I'm at in my life, I have to have Long John Silver's. It's terrible. I have to have it. <laughs> and then you get done. You're like, why? Why did I get Long John Silver's? And I'm more like, why did I not get more Hush Puppies? Or you realize that you, you know, you. <laughs> I should. I, I got three piece fish and more. I need it and more. <laughs> <laughs> I should have gotten the nine tail fox. Fifty percent hush puppies. Right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for news. Um, yeah, uh, Obi Wan is there. Uh, we, uh, you know, the, the monsters are coming at a PG rating, and there's and but it may or may not be the end of the world with the nine to- nine tail fox. So. I, th- I think that's. I think we've uh, covered news very sufficiently before we get into our discussion about the Batman. And now for our feature presentation. All right, folks. Your presentation is the Batman, the Matt Reeves film, the Batman. I keep saying it like uh, it is the Batman, <laughs> but uh, this is a, a starring. Uh, Robert Pattinson, uh, you've got uh, him as Bruce Wayne Batman, you've got Jeffrey Wright as uh, Lieutenant James Gordon, uh, interested when we get into it, uh, you've got Zoe Kravitz as Selina Kyle, Colin Farrell as Oz, but let's really call it what it is, he's the Penguin, uh, Paul Dano as the Riddler, John Turturro as Carmine Falcone, uh, Andy Serkis as Alfred, Peter Skarsgård, he's not a Skarsgård, he's a Sarsgård, as uh, a district attorney, Gil Coulson. Uh, we've got uh, a couple other notable mentions here. Um, I don't want to read off the entire IMDb, but usually this is the point where you're like, you miss this person, Steve, and then I feel bad for not reading the entire IMDb. No, I think um, I think you hit all the major points. I mean, there's a lot of supporting characters in this film. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of characters in the film, and, and I mean, it feels weird like when we don't do it, but then is I don't need to go to the freaking cast list. But uh, uh, yeah, this is uh, directed by Matt Reeves, written by Matt Reeves, and it looks like they have Bill Finger listed. Here. Bill Finger, as we all know, is the long forgotten creator of Batman that uh, has only started getting recognition within I believe the last five years. So uh, uh, this is a three hour film uh, going into it. Uh, please know that uh, you're going to be in that theater for uh, a good solid hours. Um, mm-hmm. It's a much uh, darker take than I think even probably the Nolan trilogy. Um, but, uh, it's also, well, separate still feels like it's in that same world, uh, is the Christopher Nolan take on Batman. Uh, however, in my opinion, you know what, actually, instead of just doing this, let me read you guys my, my non-spoiler review, and then we can get into the heart of the movie. This was, uh, what I posted, uh, during the end credits, because the, uh, the, post credit scene, which uh, if you guys have not seen the movie yet, don't bother with the end credit scene. It's not necessary because <laughs> um, it's not really a scene. But, uh, you know, I, I just want to pull this up here. This is 
uh, as the movie is, you know, the credits are, are, are scrolling and people are leaving and I'm just waiting for the end credit scene. My non-spoiler review was Matt Reeves made a movie about Batman. He's actually a star of his own movie, which I actually feel is one of the benefits of the movie. It actually feels like a Batman movie and not, Hey, Batman's in this movie about the Joker. Um, number two, I wrote for any changes that were made, Reeves and company did the homework. Unlike Zack Snyder, who read Dark Knight Returns and stopped there. This movie is long. I'm not saying that you feel the runtime, but it does all of its three hours, which I think is fair in my my uh, non-spoiler review. But uh, walking, I knew what I was hoping for. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised to find out that this psycho murder or, uh, you know, Batman regard for human life. Uh, criminal or otherwise, I was really relieved by that, um, and I was excited for a new take on not even so much the Riddler, but more of the Penguin, and we'll talk about that as we we get into it. But because I let's be honest here, I'm going to put this out on Front Street, folks, uh, or as as you know, <laughs> I like to say streets ahead, but uh, the the film wasn't something that we were originally planning on discussing. And then we were looking for talking topics last week. I brought it up and then you were kind of like, well, I guess I could take a day off of work. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, I feel bad. Now he's got to take off work. But going in, like what was your expectations? Uh, particularly since you actually took the day off to see the film. Well, the things I do for love for Steve. Um, oh no, I had to not be at work during the day. Um, to go watch movies in the theater. Uh, I just, I didn't have time during the weekend. Uh, and also I, I knew this film was going to be a priority for you. Cause Batman's one of your, like one of your definitive favorite characters. So I knew you were going to see it when you mentioned it. I'm like, you know, like, let's just make it a win-win. You were already going to go see it. I, I can go see it. And this will be a fun talk. Cause I, I, I know we'd be, I know you're like wanting to get into it and like, why not? Right. So I did take a uh, Wednesday off. Um, I did go to the theater. Um, however, it was a double billing and I'm not going to get into this too much, but Steve already knows what I, I decided to buy a couple tickets. Cause if I'm going to take a day off to go to the movies, I might as well try to get a couple movies in. Right. So I ended up watching, um, a film similar in theme and focus, uh, jackass forever before I went in to go watch the Batman. Um, I, I, I it's almost the same movie. <laughs> no, um, uh, I, I will say that my, like, I know this is a running theme here on the show. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, I, I will say that, uh, my viewing experience with Jackass forever was quite nice. Cause I was the only person in the theater who would have thought going to like an 1140 showing in the morning on a Wednesday would be an empty theater for Jackass, but it was fun. Uh, and then I went to like a mid afternoon showing at the <laughs> Batman. <laughs> um, you know, and I had a, a break in between, uh, to, uh, to, to grab some food cause I knew it was going to be a haul. Um, and so whatever, uh, jackass forever was fun. Just, it was gross and fun and gross and fun. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, my expectations for this were, I, and low isn't the right word. Um, I didn't have expectations because this is a character that's been revisited multiple times in my viewing history that it, this is the way I'll view this is like, okay, maybe I haven't been reading comics for a bit, pick up this trade. This is this take on this character. 
So that's kind of how I've approached it. I'm like, okay, well, it's not Keaton. It's not, um, you know, it's not Kilmer. It's not Clooney. It's not, you know, Bale. It's not Affleck. Like it's not Adam West. Like what is, what is this current take? So I was, it wasn't that I wasn't, um, like, it wasn't like I wasn't interested. It's just more like this has been taken in so many directions recently. I'm like, well, what is, what is Matt Reeves and company going to do differently with this one? So yeah, I came into it with like no expectation. Um, I like the film a great deal. Um, here, I'm going to throw these one, one of these out here right now, just to get to warn people. Do you know why they are called spoilers? It's going to be impossible for me to talk about some of the things in this film without getting into spoilers. So I hope you are okay with that, Steve. Um, I liked it. It just, um, did it hit the heights for me that some people were talking, like some people are saying this is the best Batman film. Uh, I've seen some reactions, social media, everyone's losing their minds over this. I don't know if I agree with that, but it's a very good Batman film. I, that I would agree with. It is a very good Batman movie. And, uh, you know, I am going to gush about certain things, uh, with the movie. Um, a mutual friend of ours had posted, uh, on my non spoiler review of, of Batman of the, of the Batman, uh, that, uh, it was the best Batman movie. And, and I had responded, well, I, I don't think it tops the Dark Knight, which I think is still live action. That's the high mark. Uh, I, I, again, it's also hard to say after one viewing, but I, I, I just, I, I don't see that being knocked down uh, by anything, really. Um, it's such a good movie. Um, and for all the shit we give Christopher Nolan for being, you know, a cinematic genius who doesn't have feelings um it's it's still i think uh god that came out the same year as iron man so we're now 14 years away from it i think it's still the high mark um and then if we're talking you know non-live action uh batman uh mask of the phantasm is higher for me than this um and then probably the original keaton batman just because it it's not it's 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 more than just the movie it's the opening of the world for comics and things and and all the things that i've grown to love over 30 years um being being born out of that so it's it's hard for me to separate those things um there there's a lot to like about this movie but it's not a perfect movie and i think that dark knight does a better job of telling its story, particularly one that's complicated. Um, but let's, let's talk a little bit about, uh, how the movie begins. Um, this is a movie that I don't know how you felt about this. I, well, actually I kind of have a feeling I know how you're going to feel about this. This picks up. It's, it's year two. There's no, no, we got to see the Wayne's die. We got to see, uh, you know, Batman front Gordon. We got to see, you know, all of these things, we got to see how he gets the, you know, the Batcave, how all this stuff comes together. None of that is in this movie. Um, this movie actually picks up and it's like, here's Batman. Uh, and we're throwing you into this story. Uh, you know why he's Batman. You know who all the players are. Let's not monkey around with having to yet again introduce these characters. What did you think of that? Wait, Batman's parents are dead? 
<laughs> well, they're the only ones who haven't come back in the DC universe. So yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think that I think that uh, Matt Reeves and company watched a Spider-Man Homecoming, and we're like, oh yeah, we could just pick up, and people are okay with it now. Like, like you know, how many times did we see Uncle Ben die? How many times have we seen Batman's parents die? You know, like it's like like I think I think um, the movie going audience is well aware that Batman lost his parents, you know, and we don't need to see that. So I like that. And I mean, there is the nice visual cue that you get of him in his bat cave, which like, like I, I really liked that decision of how they depicted this as this like underground terminal and this, this um, skyscraper in the middle of Gotham. That's like this forgotten subway system. That was very cool. Um, I like, but he had a manila mm-hmm. folder like that was listed um, Gotham Project Year Two, and him keeping his notes. That just gives you just enough to know yeah. where we're at with him. And I, I, I was like, okay, we're in. I, I was completely fine with that. Yeah, and that's actually one of the things that I, you know, I talked about a little bit uh, at the beginning when I said that Batman's the star of his own movie. This is the closest I think we've come to a Batman movie live action feeling like a comic book. Um, not in the sense that like this movie takes itself a little too seriously and it, it does want to be so realistic that it makes choices where I'm like, okay, I get it. But like, it's Batman. We can stretch a little bit here. Um, but with that in mind, you know, when, when, whenever somebody picks up a comic, you know, chances are they're not picking up a number one unless it's, you know, something that's being, you know, re redone or not redone. What's the word? Look, renumbered is a better word, um, which happens a lot of times within comics because they're afraid of selling a kid a comic. You know, that's you know issue one thousand four. Um, and I say kid, like kids are still reading. Like comics. the science slasher. That's but, why you've renumbered uh, you know, your books, right? So that way people aren't confused. <laughs> <Yes>. But you know, <laughs> anybody who picks up a book, a comic book, if they're if they're not getting a number one, they're coming in mid story. And I kind of loved the fact that this movie we're, we're mid story when it starts. Um, all the things that we need to know that happened have already happened. And we are able to just go into this and we're able to follow Batman throughout this entire story. Uh, it never, at no point did I ever feel like it became a Riddler movie. Did I ever feel like it became a Selena Kyle movie or a penguin movie? Uh, it, it truly felt like a Batman movie uh, in that we were seeing his story. And, uh, you know, are there choices, sure, that, that are made that I'm like, yeah, I don't know that I, I like that. But, you know, um, I admire them for giving us a movie that's not afraid to actually tell a story about the main character. And uh, again, you know, Nolan tried to do that as well, but like he's quick fell into that trap of like the Joker and Two-Face being far more interesting than Batman in The Dark Knight even though I think that that's a better movie um, or you know <laughs> Jack Nicholson and, and Keaton you know as much as I love the 89 Batman it's the Jack Nicholson show um, you know it just is um, and you could even probably say the same thing for Batman Returns eh. and uh, we've talked about that on our year of the sequel you no, know, no, um, your so point, yeah, like, I, I was just, I was so just, sorry, go ahead, please. Yeah. No, I was just so happy to get a story that's about Batman. <laughs> that's, you know, I, I, and it wasn't, uh, you know, I keep, you know, talking about the other films, but not mentioning the Snyderverse, you know, 
my comment about the fact that Zack Snyder read Dark Knight Returns and felt like he had to stop there, like this movie feels like it's it's well within the comic stories that it's pulling from in the sense of, uh, you know, it, it starts in year two. It's it's um, it's got the, the, the bits of like the long Halloween uh, and Catwoman when in Rome, which is sort of a offshoot of the long Halloween and its sequel, Dark Victory. Um, year zero, uh, that that storyline involves Riddler doing something very similar to what happens at the end of this film for its climax. So the movie feels very much like it knows the world that it's coming from, even though it's trying to be hyper realistic. And I at least admired their paying attention to that. And I'll be honest, I was just, I was relieved that Batman just wasn't outwardly killing people. Like I, 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 I can't tell you how happy I was to hear him, you know, uh, uh, in a scene where him and Jim Gordon are, are, are walking onto a scene and Gordon's got his gun out and, you know, Batman's like, Hey, put your gun away. And, and Gordon's like, that's your rule, not mine. <laughs> um, I really loved that, that moment. Uh, so those were things that I felt were really, you know, at least they, they were giving me while it's their own interpretation, they were clearly paying uh, homage or using, pieces from the comics to build their story and it and go from there and that to me was like oh god i don't have to worry about batman you know um, uh, uh, what's the what's the term for when you burn somebody marking them or whatever uh branding sorry you know <laughs> uh with them and then you know murdering other people so yeah, no, that, I think that's valid. I mean, towards the end, when we get to, you know, the, the shit going on in the dome, there's bits where he rolls away. It's like, well, you guys shot each other. Nah, here we go. Like, what? I'm fine. It's like, I get that. Like, he wants to save everybody and he can't save everybody. That's fine. I also yeah. like, I also like that we see him like, I just, I'm, it, it's very refreshing to, and, and like, again, I, I know my, my anchor is Spider-Man where it's, it's, you're learning on the job, right? And you're just a kid. And, and, and a lot of ways, Rod, Robert Pattinson's like, you know, his dad went out for cigarettes and never came back. Um, there's bits where he gets his ass handed to him and it's like, thank you. He's a mortal dude and he might misread a situation and get the shit kicked out of him. It's like that, like, but the fact is like, it, it's that kind of that Rocky mentality of like, it's not, it's not a matter of how hard you get hit. It's a matter of you getting up again. I liked that in this where it's like, he's always like, he, he's so driven by this is what has to happen. I'm going to keep standing up. Like, and, but he, he gets like, there's the, there's the bit, um, where he escapes, um, uh, you know, Gotham PD with his wingsuit, right. Which whatever your mileage may vary. It, that's a realistic take on it. But you know, Nolan did a good job with the Cape that you believed, whatever, just throwing it out there. Um, but with him, like misjudging the landing and just rolling and just being like, Oh, Oh, like, like it's almost like Peter Griffin falling on his keys. I'm like, yeah, that would knock the wind out of you. Wouldn't it? Batman. Like, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I agree. I'll admit the raccoon suit or squirrel suit or whatever you want to call it, that, uh, his costume quickly becomes so that he can fly. I, I, that was a moment where I was like, you know what guys, you're trying to be realistic, but a, I'm not buying that this is actually realistic in the sense of, uh, 
him being able to survive that landing, but also the fact that it's like you, you can make things visually cool. Not, uh, you know, not everything has to be super realistic in the sense of like, I, I, it's it's so weird to me that, that there's this such a focus on realism, and I, we've talked about it with Marvel, where Marvel was like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna start off with a basis in realism, but we're gonna, uh, I think invention that they came up with for the movies was is that oh magic is just science <laughs> you don't understand. Yeah. And once you have that established, you know, you can do stuff like uh, you know, Thor and Doctor Strange and all the craziness that happens. And I uh, you know, I, I kinda wish that in this context, I, I wish that they would have embraced that a little bit more because if nothing else, Batman is one of the most interesting interestingly visual characters of all of comics. You know, I think that his, his costume, you could, you can spot it, you know, without giving any detail, you can put it in, in silhouette and people instantly know who it is, but you can do cool things with the Cape too. And, uh, you know, really play up the dramaticness of him just standing on a roof, you know, or the way he moves. Like I wish, I wish they'd embrace that a little bit more. It does bother me that they're so focused on being, you know, realistic. Um, I just, I get it. I just wish they would have pulled back a little bit. on. That I, I do like that when he's up on the roof, he looks down, he's like, Oh, like he has that moment of like, this is high, yeah. you know? And it's like, I like that. And again, him just escaping and then like messing it up. I'm fine with that. It's just, again, it's a nitpick. It's like, it doesn't, it's fine. It's just, he goes from being like a superhero to uh, a guy that just drinks Mountain Dew constantly and was like, woo, you know, like just extreme, you know, <laughs> like it just felt, it felt a little weird, but whatever. Um, but there's, there's grounding and realism. Fine. Um, I liked his, like, I know they said that um, the, the approach to his suit is like, kind of like he is piecing it together. I really like this bat suit. I thought it was cool. I thought it was very practical looking, meaning again, you could be fantastical, but have somebody be able to move And his fight choreography in this is very brutal and direct. It's very, um, it's very John wick esque of like minimum uh, exertion, maximum outcome in that way. I really dig that. Yeah. I'm kind of split on that. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't love the costume the first time I saw it. I think it works really well within the confines of the movie. Um, I will say that I, I and again, I, I that man movie and I know they're trying to be realistic, but like you can show him dodging bullets. Like you can. Now, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I'm into you. I'm like, uh, that's that's a little much for me in the sense of like, can we have Batman, you know, in my mind, I'm like, he would have approached that a little differently. He probably would have, uh, you know, not let himself get shot so many times. <laughs> but that's a small nitpick. Um, I wish that, uh, you know, they would give him a little bit more because the brutality is there. I'd like to see a little bit more finesse and maybe we'll get that in you know the the second movie um but i also and again i always talk about michael keaton's batman uh as being like the standard for the live action version in the sense of like the way he moved like the thing that i think that because it was a complaint until you know uh the dark knight where they were like oh we finally let 
you know, the actor be able to turn his head. Well, I, I think that Michael Keaton was able to build all that into the, his repertoire, the way that he moved in that suit. And I don't know that we've seen anybody do that as good as he did. Um, but I, I, I would like to see a little bit more of that theatricality. I'd like to see a little bit more, I don't want to say Dutch angle or, you know, uh, giving me a, a, a different view, but like, I liked that Batman would, you know, instead of turning his head, he would flip completely around or, uh, you know, move a little bit differently because he's in the suit. But again, that's that's really that's not a criticism, criticism, criticism <laughs> as much as it is. I like one over the other. That's, but, well, that's fair. But I was reading but, in the, the trivia that um, when they were putting the suit together, Pattinson, Robert Pattinson, we haven't even really talked about his performance yet. We'll get there, I'm sure when they were doing like tests of the prototype, he was able to get in it and do a somersault. That's a big deal in terms of like that opens up you shooting Batman, right? Like think about that, that he was capable to do a backflip or a front flip in that film. Sorry, in that film, sorry, in that suit without any issue. That's crazy. That is crazy. And I did not know Keaton included. And he'd probably be like, Wow, I'd really like to be able to move. Well, um, but then so he, he reached out I to. I could see why that'd be a benefit. I just <laughs> Pattinson reached out to Bale. He's like, "What should I do?" But he's like, "Just make sure you can use the bathroom." That was like the big advice. It was like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." <laughs> can, can, can you pee? That's the big. That's the big uh, question. So yeah, <laughs> you, you yeah can, it's funny too yeah. because when when Pattinson was cast, I there were so many people who were like, "What do you think?" And I'm like, "The suit is so much the character. Like, it really doesn't. I mean." Look, I, I love Michael Keaton, but like he's certainly not who I would have picked, you know, nineteen eighty nine to be Batman. You know, I I would have wanted somebody to have, you know, and I don't want to go so far as to say a Schwarzenegger or Stallone physique, but certainly somebody who is a lot more brawnier than Michael Keaton. Um, but a, I think that he does a really good job as both Batman and Bruce Wayne. His Bruce Wayne here is fractured and hasn't really um he hasn't really developed the fake version of himself but, but i still like the fact that it, in, in the at the end of the film the riddler points it out and he's like no you're really batman's who you really are you know i know that this other character this other person this bruce wayne is not who you really are that that that's just a mask and i love that because I think that that's really who Batman is, but I, I hope that he gets to have a little bit more fun in the next movie. That's the other thing that I would say. Yeah. I think that he needs to understand as the character. So it, we're catching it, it, him. It, Sorry, it doesn't ahead, hurt please. to throw some humor in. <laughs> yeah. No shit. The only, the you're, only, you're fine. The, the only potential humor here was, um, uh, the penguin with, um, Oh, uh, what's his name? The actor who, uh, he understood what he was doing. Um, Ellen Farrell. Yeah. Would, again, wouldn't, if you would have told me, I'm like, I don't know. Really him. It's like, he does a great job. Like, and it's like, he's so good in this, but not that I need to laugh a minute. Not that I need the Marvel house style of like dramatic and laugh my ass off and dramatic and laugh my ass off and cry and laugh my ass off. But like a little bit of levity would have been like, but I know this isn't the movie. And again, this is my expectations coming in. This is not um, like, I need to meet the movie for where it is. And that's fine. Um, if this was it, like, <laughs> This feels like, um, and I'm gonna I, like this was something I was gonna bring up to, later to you, and I and, and we'll put a pen into it about uh, about Batman as a character, and maybe Warner Brothers and DC how they're doing their their, their movies. Uh, but 
if this was um, any grittier, it's like, oh, cool. The Punisher's wearing a Batman outfit. I know you talked about not killing people, but my mm-hmm. God, there is like, there is no daylight in this film in terms of like, it is just hard charging three hours, grim, 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 grim. And then, and then somehow at the end, you're like, oh, I'm Batman. I realized that Gotham now needs hope. I'm like, where does this coming from? You've been, you've been Grimm's McGee this entire time because one guy says their vengeance. You're like, that was my name. That was what I called myself. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh no. The wrong lessons were taught here. (laughs) You know, like, I'm just like, where, where is this daylight? You know, I'm like, I just like, I get where they're going and I do understand that this is supposed to be the evolution of the character, but it's like, dear God, like, I feel like that was like, like tacked on where it's like, Oh, I need to be more than this. The city's flooded and I failed in almost every possible way. I'll help somebody on a stretcher. We're all good, right? We're good. We're all good. We're good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let me take a step back here before I say this. So, all right. One, you are right about, uh, you know, it, it being so grim and, and like there's, no real moments for humor because they they take it away from the two characters who could probably have the most capacity to have some levity in the story uh and that would be uh jim gordon and alfred like uh, andy circus is amazing like yeah. i don't think i've ever seen andy circus in anything and been like yeah i don't buy it like uh he's he's that's one of the, the major disappointments is his death in black panther because i'm like oh my god he's fantastic in this role um and while i'm not a huge lord of the rings guy uh it's hard to deny that Gollum is you know firmly planted within the popular culture at this point uh for a lot of people because of that movie so um they they sort of gave Gordon and Alfred much more, and I don't want to say serious roles because they're always serious, but like Alfred is always there to in the Batcave to one bounce ideas off of, give somebody for Batman to talk to and have an actual conversation with, uh, at least narratively within the comics. Uh, but he also serves as sort of the you know, the the he's he's always constantly pointing out the absurdity of the world that they're living in. You know, um, uh, one of my favorite uh, moments from Alfred in the uh, animated series is, uh, you know, Bruce is doing something is like, you know, don't worry, sir. I'll have your, you know, uh, what was it? It was like, have your gas balls ready for the evening or something like that. Like it was some (laughs) dumb joke about some piece of equipment that he needed. But it was, you know, funny and, and and. I, yeah, he always points out the fact that, like, hey, you know, if you're going to get lippy with me, I, w- I also diapered your bottom. So maybe think about what you're talking about. So I, I don't know. I, I would like to have seen a little bit more humor from them. They, we do get that one moment about the gun that I think is funny. But I, I, I would, I could, you know, looking over his shoulder and realizing that he's talking to nobody or, uh, you know, having a little bit more commentary, I guess, uh, since nobody gets to in the film. Uh, since everything is told through the Batman's perspective. Um, but I, I'll also say, um, on the topic of the city, uh, the, the thought that I had walking in the movie was, is that I remembered my first time ever watching the crow in the theater. And one of the first comics comments that I had walking out of the movie was, was like, yeah, 
this is what Gotham should be like in Batman. It should be dark and rainy and like Batman shouldn't be in, you know, uh, these, uh, these, you know, spots that are brightly lit or architecturally beautiful. You know, he should be in these like shitty at back alleys. And boy, do we spend a lot of him in a lot of those types of environments in here. I'm like, I feel like Matt Reeves really liked the crow. Oh no, you can tell, especially with the eye makeup, (laughs) with the eye black, the eye black that Pattinson wears to like, cause he was, cause they even made it a point. They're like, whenever you remove the cowl, like they, they, they talk about how the movies, cause they black the eyes out and the masks for the rest of them. Right. And it's like, but when he removes the cowl, suddenly the makeup's gone. You know, it's like, right. Well, and so you can tell that like they're channeling the crow. You, you can see there's like, sorry, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent here. So forgive me. They're channeling the crow. They're channeling seven, uh, Zodiac. They're channeling, um, he, uh, Reeves even said in regards to the quote unquote Batmobile, uh, he wanted like a Christine vibe of like this monster of a vehicle that's stalking people. Like there is. There, like you can even like you know you saw as an influence. I mean, you know, as shitty as his films are, like there's plenty here. I'd even argue the original Dirty Harry with the way that they did um that the killer with that too with like the clues, uh, which was based off the Zodiac killer. Um, no, Reeves wears his influences on his sleeve to great effect for sure. Yeah, let's let's talk about uh, that for a minute here, like. Uh you know, the influences of the movie. I, I, and I know that this is one, uh, that, uh, you're not going to like, but, uh, <laughs> I think saw plays a little bit of, into this as well. Um, particularly with a Riddler trap that I'm like, I, am I in a saw movie suddenly? Like what is happening here? Um, I, how did you feel about that? Uh, which trap are you talking about? Uh, the one with the rats. Oh yeah, no that that was yeah that felt that, that felt appropriate. But like I would even say like, I'd, I'd I'd pull that back a little bit with um I'd say seven where it was um more um well thought out with the sinner being punished by the sin. But yeah, that one was like that one was kind of gruesome. Um, and then like. I mean, there's the bomb collar, right? Like just, we get that too with like the question, like the riddles being presented. So I think there's a mix of that. I, I, if, if you held a gun to my head, I would say it's like an 80, 27 saw breakdown because there's things okay. that happen. Cause they're like some of the clues, right. With like, you know, the, the first person we see you know, him being like murked, um, like his thumbs cut off. Right. And it's, and it, it leads to the thumb drive. <laughs> whatever it's like like whatever it's like but the fact that like pattinson plays it so he's like get it thumb drive and, and gordon's like you're a weirdo or whatever he doesn't say anything but i'm just like yeah, yeah, yeah whatever whatever it's fine um like it's like there's there's a certain amount of like john doe from seven like i love like you know he has his vision he thinks what's appropriate he thinks these are riddles and there's a lot of wordplay and punnery going on. I think that's more evident. That's more of a seven vibe than just straight up. Like, um, like it's more gruesome, like saw, I guess. And this, but, but also here, I'll point this out. Um, much like seven, a majority of that violence. I mean, we see it start, but it cuts away. So there's a lot of that that we, it, we fill the gaps in our mind about what terrible things are happening, but we don't always see them play out. So maybe it's more of that vibe than saw, but you, you can't, 
you're right. You can't tell me that that isn't also an influence. Yeah, no, I, I definitely uh, agree. I, I feel like it absolutely is. And I, I you know, I, it, it even comes down to the fact that as you were talking, I was thinking about the fact that, like, I'm sure there's a Batman theme in this movie that isn't a Nirvana song. But <laughs> I don't know that I can identify it. Oh, I just. Um, I, yeah. And I, I was thinking. No, no, my apologies. I, I was just thinking about, uh, you know, how the Danny Elfman Batman theme is still iconic. I think almost in the same way that John Williams Superman's uh, theme is iconic. But I know that the scores have shifted more towards being more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Environment, not environmental. Atmospheric. Uh, supplemental. Atmospheric. Thank you. Um, as opposed to being like, you know, you know that bold sort of here's a theme kind of music, and uh, I don't know. I, I I do wonder, you know, with with all the different things that do inspire this movie, um, is it is it greater than the sum of its parts? Probably no. Um, but I like the fact that they're. I like the fact that they're, they're trying th- things. They're trying something, at least, in in, in doing something that isn't. Uh, I don't know. It's a hybrid. I guess is the best way for me to put it. Like it feels like it's pulling from the comics and in the movies that we just talked about. But no, that's but good. it is no, synthesizing the- them into their own sort of. Yeah. Well, because I mean, because everything comes from whatever came before, right? So I, I, I agree with you on that. Um, this is a very specific vision. It's a very specific version of this. And I'm like, again, if I picked up a trade paperback of like like the six issue arc of like I I just this film should have been called Batman Vengeance, right? Because I think that would have been way mm-hmm. more of, of a better button to this. Like to be like, oh shit, it's in front of your face the entire time, right? I think that would have been a way cooler title, but who am I? I'm just some schlub drinking and talking, you know, on a microphone. Um, but like, I think that would have been like, it, it, this would be a thing that you've been like, Hey, you need to pick up the six issue arc of the Batman and see how you feel about this. And I'm like, okay, cool. We can talk about it. I, I think that's perfectly fine. I think it has a very distinct look and a style that, um, that Warner brothers is able to sign off on, especially since they now have their, what was it? Um, like, uh, else worlds, like branding that they're going with some of this stuff, whatever they want to call their movie release schedule or whatever it is that I don't think Marvel would let the reins go to a creator to go this, like to go this far out with the way a film looks and how it like moves. Cause if they, if, if they were okay with this, we would have gotten an Edgar Wright Ant-Man film. You know what I mean? So like, I think, I think that I, mm-hmm. I, that's all great. And I think that, um, I think, I think Warner brothers was also looking for a win where it's like, Hey, can you not screw up Batman for a bit? Cause we were all screwing up Batman for a while. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I got an idea. It's like, okay, cool. Also, can you do a soft remake of the dark Knight? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get most of it in there. It's fine. Just, just, just calm. Just, just, just trust me. Cause I like, he, here's, here, that's part that's it's a hot take it's like it's i don't know it's not a super hot take this feels like it feels like a soft remake uh, not soft as in the sense of the film god damn like um here here's the spoiler i'm gonna throw at you steve after watching the batman uh yesterday 
before we started recording, I came home and I started watching the dark Knight again. Cause I had to ask myself, like, I'm like, why is it that I like the dark Knight more than this film? And I got about halfway through the dark Knight last night and I watched the rest of it today. And it's like, that film to me is almost perfect in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know why it's like, but there's things in here. It's like Batman's pushed to a new extreme. He has to make decisions, right? Uh, we also have violence at a funeral of a public official. We have the villain um, predicting in a lot of ways, Batman's moves before he makes them. We have Jim Gordon unabashedly trusting Batman, even though the rest of the Gotham PD doesn't seem to understand him. Uh, it's like, it's like you see this, you're like, mm-hmm. there's so much here where in the Riddler, at least in this case, we at least he reveals his, his reasons for what he's doing, what he's doing. Not that I'm, like in a lot of ways, the Joker in the dark Knight is a perfect villain because we never know where he's coming from. And he constantly shifts his story and we, but we realize his outcome is just to prove that people are shitty. The Riddler does this too, but it's like the moment he finds out that like his BFF, he believes is the Batman isn't on the same page with him. He loses his goddamn mind. And it's like, I feel like he is, three three fourths of the way to the joker and um they both they they both majority majority succeed in their plans meaning if you look at the dark knight versus the batman um the big thing between between the dark knight and the batman is the joker wins with corrupting harvey dent the bat like so batman and commissioner gordon like yeah 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 cover the shit up just we can't let people know because that will like cr- like completely um cr- like destroy these like criminal cases so whatever it's still weird that the batman's like sorry that christian bale's like hey why can't we blame all this on the joker like i don't i don't know that seems weird to me whatever anyway fine and with this one it's like the riddler wins he really wins but because he isn't besties he loses his mind i don't know man like it it feels like it feels like, um, how do I want to phrase this? Like the Batman is a great, it, it, this is a good movie. It's a good movie. Like I'm, this is me nitpicking. So please everybody listening. If you're like, if you've watched the movie, don't, don't tell me like, Oh Paul, why don't you like that? Like I liked this movie. I just think the dark Knight did it better and tied up bows a little tighter than this, but I like the world. Pattinson's good as a Batman. I liked, um, I liked, uh, um, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. I liked, uh, the penguin. I there's like John Turturro showing up too. My God. Like just, there's so much good in here. And Paul Dano is the Riddler's like, he's good. And I like his, his, um, his commitment to the character. Um, I know I'm throwing a lot at you, Steve. I apologize. And I know Skype's being kind of shitty. So you're like, well, I'm not going to hear this until 10 minutes later. Okay. I get it. But his costuming is like, yeah, I know. I've seen the shitty killer in eight millimeter. Like I don't need cellophane and a gimp mask. You know, I just mm, don't, don't know how I feel about it. And you know, just you're trying to be realistic. That's not a really cool villain outfit. Just, that, sorry, that that is the smallest thing I'm going to leave you with after all the everything I just said. There we go. Deal with it. Here we go. To quote the quote the Joker. Here's your little push. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, this is a, 
Uh, I think that the Riddler was probably the character that they had the toughest, toughest uh, challenge cracking, particularly when you're trying to do this hyper realistic world where it's like, well, a guy who just really likes riddles and crime just doesn't work for us. Uh, <laughs> and, and I applaud them for trying. Yeah, I, I applaud them for trying something new. Um, I don't know that this iteration works for me that much either, but I, I also don't dislike it. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, this is you know the movie where we get to really see Batman being a detective. And I'm like, okay, I, I can see that. But also... Uh, I personally feel like Batman would have been researching the joke. Or I'm sorry, the Riddler uh, down to a T. You know, there's even a point where the mask that he's wearing is revealed to be like on sale somewhere in a chat room uh, that we find out the Riddler's like groupies are hanging out in. Um, I feel like there would have. We, I, I wish there had just been a scene where he was breaking down the elements of all the things that the Riddler was doing and trying to tie them back to at least some sort of place to start from uh, as a like point of, of, of investigation. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like he would have had a scene where he's like, okay, this mask is blah, 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 blah. And it's sold by X amount of retailers. <laughs> it's sold. a good way of tracking who it's sold <laughs> it, to. But it's sold by ambiance. If you know, you know what like, it's the store for lovers. Just go to ambiance. You can find the mask. It's fine. <laughs> um, I would have liked to have seen him analyze materials a little bit more, particularly since he's kind of just taking some city police's uh, take on it. Like one of the things that I think is it, it's certainly obviously wrong, but uh, a, a lot of times Batman will just confiscate evidence from uh, a, a crime scene because he doesn't trust Gotham, you know, uh, the, the, the police department to get it right. Uh, so it'll be like, oh, well, I found this on the floor. I just whoops, slipped this into my bat belt because I know how to handle this clue or at least, this clue or at least properly uh, study it. Um, so I, I kind of wish there would have been that um, a little bit more. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's unfair to call Selena Kyle a villain. I grew up at a time where like Catwoman was a, was a villain. Yeah. understood, sure, but like. Her her main bag was like I'm gonna rob this jewelry store or I'm gonna rob you know the the <laughs> priceless you know cat statue from did I lose you no I didn't, no I just escapes me in a bitch and you said cat statue I'm like what from where but anyway no um no I get yeah. your point I, I, I so I I don't mind that she like they still did a good job of keeping her in the gray. I, I like that. Like I, I did mm -hmm. dig that. I also like you talk about Batman being a detective. I like that we it takes a minute for us to learn why he's being a goddamn weirdo staring at stuff because he has that contact to like that records everything. So it's like, okay, okay. Now we understand why like he's doing what he does, regardless of what everybody does around him. It's like I, I like that too. Um, I thought that was kind of great. And then him giving that contact lens to her going into the 44 below club. Like, like you talk about detective work, mm -hmm. like he's like, he's actually going through the, like the paces of everything. Um, I like that a lot. Um, I don't know how I feel about him being like, you know what I need to do? Spread all my evidence out and spray paint my floor. Like that's, it's like, you could have, you know, I'm pretty sure that you could have done a whiteboard app for that. It would have been fine. 
Uh, the discovery of that map is the same equivalent I, I put to Tony Stark discovering uh, the secret to his upgrade to his suit being in the dad in his like cityscape uh, model that his dad built in the seventies. Well, no, no, that, like, that I, no, I, him him pulling the carpet up. Yes, but I'm talking about earlier whenever he's like in yeah. Wayne Manor and he's like, I'm gonna lay out all the evidence uh, of just spray painting. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> that's I'm just like you know who's gonna clean that up, Alfred? He's in the hospital, so you're being an asshole right now. <laughs> Alfred comes home and he's like, "Shit, I gotta clean all this up now." Yeah. Oh, Master Bruce, these were original hardwood floors. Great. <laughs> it's like I understand you don't give a shit about your company, and for whatever reason, we're living in the Grey Gardens. And everything's falling apart in the most gothic. What I just I I do appreciate the architecture. I do appreciate the notion that like he doesn't care about his legacy and his fortune, and that does kind of pay off. But I'm like, my God, like you have the money. You know, you could hire more than one person. It's fine. Especially here. <laughs> um, if you do not want to be involved in day-to-day -day activity, then have Alfred be like, you know what? This place needs to be cleaned up. It's kind of a garbage die. Don't go to the sub-sub basement where the subway is with all the bats and the badass car. Don't go there. But, you know. Maybe some, uh, was it, um, uh, what was it, Murphy's Oil Soap? You know, that could go a long way. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess that scene, it, I, when we walked to the theater, I, I said to Kathy, I'm like, you know, I know it's a long movie, but I don't know if I can think of anything that, that I would cut out. Maybe I'd cut that scene out. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like i don't know it's like i know you've seen the meme i know you don't you don't watch always sunny it's always sunny but the bit where like charlie day's holding the cigarette he's pointing to the yarn the yarn board like behind him that's what that felt like i'm like you could usually oh, yeah. use you could use a cork board to get all this set up you don't need your floor like i just like it's one of those things that it serves the cinematic version of this and it, yeah. it's like i it pisses me off though it's like and then once once you lay all this out and you don't have an answer, what are you going to do next? What go to bed, eat a sandwich? Like just come on. <laughs> well, I think you just lay on the floor and like. Well, what if he laid on the floor That's... in a circle of knives like um, the Joker in Suicide Squad, and they got deleted? <laughs> what about that? How would you feel about that? Um. So, okay. Um, I know we're bouncing all over the place and hey, welcome to the show, everybody, if you're listening. Um, so I, I, I'm torn. I'm really, really torn uh, about the, the, the ending to this where Bruce finally figures it all out. Kinda right. And too little, too late. And the seven vehicles detonate to blow up the seawall in Gotham and causes flooding that goes into, um, the arena and all this stuff going on. And, and for all intents and purposes, he has failed. He has failed like, like incredibly like the, 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 the newly elected mayor gets dinged and you know, like I'm sure she's okay, you know, whatever, because, because he, because Batman shows up with the flare and eventually walks her out, whatever. It's fine. Um, but it's like, he, he didn't solve the Riddler's plot. All he ended up doing was like coming in the last, like the last 2% and be like, Hey, all you trash bag heads, I, you know, fine. Taking you out. 
all right, but all this other chaos has happened and a lot of people are dead. Thanks, Batman, for leading us out of water. Like, I, 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 I don't mind that narratively as in the sense of like, he's still growing as a character and still needs to understand things. But like as a movie, it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't traditionally follow where we're at in terms of like, you know, this arc. So part of me really, really respects that. But part of me is also like, I spent three hours to see him like fall on his keys and then drive away on a motorcycle. It's very, it's, I'm very conflicted. Well, I, uh, you know, I think that uh, I, I don't know how to make this point without going off into a, like a very large tangent. So I'm going to try not to. Well, we have another hour, I, I, but we're recording another. It's only two hours in, Steve. Come on. Give me <laughs> give me the tangent. Come on. <laughs> well, no, I think that, you know, you can't always have your, your, your hero winning. I think that, you know, ultimately, you know the whole movie is about him realizing that the way he's going about things is not really the right way, you know, and that there has to be a different approach, whether it be him getting more involved in the actual, you know, development of the city as Bruce Wayne. I mean, that's a huge chunk of the subplot is about this whole renewal project that his father had set up um, before he, you know, I, I say it like before, or he died. No, he set it up after he died. No, he set it up before he died. <laughs> Long story short, there's this project that was <laughs> basically an open fund uh, to, you know, revitalize the city and corruption within the uh, the the political scene and and all the people who are in charge basically erode that that uh, that money and it becomes dirty in a lot of senses. Um, I, I, I like the fact that it's it's not an easy win for him. I because I think that that's the other thing that Dark Knight really does is is that as much as Batman wins, he, he loses just as much or or even more. Yeah. So you know, I I don't need a just him having the that like yes, I I you know, I wish they wouldn't use the symbol of hope uh, as as the um, the phrase uh, just because. You know, uh, Superman's whole gimmick is, you know, a symbol of hope and blah, blah, blah. I wish he would have said, you know, something more along the lines of like, I realize now that there needs to be a light in the darkness. Something. <laughs> a white knight. To just show that like, hey, just the path. I'm kidding. Well, yeah, sure, fine. <laughs> but. <laughs> no, you're right. No, no, I, can I cut, I'm going to cut you off. I, I was going to ask you, and I know we're far enough along here. Do you think Warner Brothers and DC has a hope problem, right? Because I feel like that's always the end of their films. Again, I've not seen Shazam. I've not seen Aquaman. Uh, so there's some of the stuff that's come out that I've not seen. But it's like Man of Steel, it's always like, oh, I broke some dude's neck. I need to be better and I have to have a hope. And it's like and it's like the Justice League and everything is like, oh, it's bigger than this. We're gonna, it's like, like, is that the default setting of like, oh, we're all really um, assholes, but we need to do better. And it's all about hope. Like, is that the default setting for all of this? I feel like it is. So a, it shouldn't be, but B, I think it's because they don't. All right. I, are we done now? Are you, are you logging off? Is that what's going on? You're like, you're like, God damn, no, I'm done. No, 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 no. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, like, if, okay, forgive me. I know. I'm sorry. I know Skype's being an asshole. And it's a bit of a delay. Am I wrong about this? I feel like it, I feel like it's like that. That's what they all like. They always cycle back to after a lot of shitty things have happened. It's like, oh, we're supposed to like wash our hands of them. Oh no, no, no. Now they're being hopeful. It just feels weird to me. No, I, you're not wrong. Um, I'll say that. Uh, I think it applies to the character of Batman much more than any of the others. I think the problem is, is that dark and gritty, you know, path that like they started with man of steel. Like that's, that's where, you know, they're like, well, let's do, you know, Superman, but we're, we'll, we'll, we'll make him bearded. And he says goodbye to, they're not the same character. You have, <laughs> Sorry, Kevin Costner could disappear to fill a dream of a tornado. Just, they're not yeah. this. Yes, <laughs> they can't seem to divorce making their their characters somehow like Batman because they don't understand that what works for Batman is specific to that character, and what makes Superman work is is that he's he's not Batman. You know, if you want the analog now for Superman, I go say, watch the Captain America movies and the Avengers. Like that's Chris Evans as Captain America is what they could have done with Superman, but they just didn't quite understand uh, because you have somebody who's like, yeah, I want to do the dark version of Superman. Why? Why is that? I, I just I don't understand that. Like you can't have. You can't have everything be Batman, you know, it, it's just it, it's that weird thing where they're just locked into this dark and gritty world. And when they do start to see some some light like Shazam, I think you would actually really like. Oh, There's no, I'm sure. In I just it, haven't like, I haven't gotten Shazam. I know it's just I, I I've heard everything about it. I'd probably like a great deal. And I've heard that like Aquaman's fun. Like I just haven't sat down and watched it. Like I, you know, whatever reason, it just I haven't gotten to it. So, I know. Yeah, go ahead, please. So here's what I'll say about Aquaman. Aquaman is fun, but forgettable in the sense that like I watched it while I was, I I enjoyed it while I was watching it. But if you put a gun to my head right now and asked me to give you a a rundown of the plot, I'd be like, I don't remember. You'd be like, listen, Ivan Drago rides a seahorse and that's fine. (laughs) Right. That's the big thing. You know, yeah. Sorry. Continue, please end of that movie you know they spend a whole whole lot of time trying to not put jason momoa in you know, the classic aquaman suit and then the end of the movie the last shot is him in the classic aquaman suit and you're like yeah that looks awesome i can't wait to see him be aquaman in that classic suit in the next movie and then you know what i see in like you know the, the coming images of aquaman he's in a goddamn black suit dude. i'm like he's not batman like Stop. <laughs> All right. Now I'm yelling. <laughs> no. So like my I, dog's I, sleeping next to me and he's just looking at me like I woke him up like an asshole. Fair, sorry. Well, I mean, I'm sorry for the dog, uh, but no, like I think that um, I like, again, if, if the Batman, if it's the, I'll put it this way. Um, I appreciate that they're trying to go in a different direction than the Affleck thing, which I, you know, with some tinkering, I was reading about like the different like script iterations that was coming on with this film. Uh, what happened? Um, I also understand why Affleck stepped away because of his own mental health. Fine, fair enough. 
I think if you, I think this would have been an interesting Affleck Batman movie. I think this could have been not make it year two. I think this would have been kind of great to see that character, that version, um, maybe incorporate some of the playboy elements. I think that would have been great. With that being said, I don't mind having Pattinson again. I think I, you know, I'm not saying he's my favorite Batman. I think he's really good in this role. And I think he's actually really physical. Excuse me. Forgive me. Uh, I'm belching talking about Pattinson. Cause at one point he played a vampire and now he's playing a Batman. It's not, it's not that different. He just didn't sparkle in the sun. That's why they didn't do a whole lot of daylight stuff with him. I get it. It's fine. But also, I want to point out, too, when he went to go uh, save a kid from a car coming in, he didn't push the car away like in the Twilight film. So credit to the the films that he didn't like, grab a child and just use his bat arm and push the car away. They're like, no, 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 no. He's not a vampire. He's just a regular dude. Right. Anyway, I'm drunk. I apologize. But I, I, um, I liked him in this role. I thought he was great in this. And if the approach was... He is more comfortable being the Batman versus being Bruce Wayne. I think that's great. I also think this is kind of a relev- uh, um, revelatory type of role in the sense of like how I'll put this to you, Steve, how Tony Stark wasn't this like, like ridiculous over the top playboy until Robert Downey Jr. Played the character in a movie. And that's how the comics portrayed him from that point forward. I don't need a mopey, sad Bruce. However, I think Pattinson opened the door to explore this person that does not want to be um, the the rich millionaire playboy. I think I think that's an interesting avenue, and I think that gives more leeway now for the comics in terms of the stories they want to tell. So I will say that I think he was fine with this. I think I, I think he did a good performance. I'm not like upset that Pattinson was, you know, goddamn Batman. I think Paul, Paul Dano was good as the Riddler. I just, I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired of like, we got to make it gritty. We got to make it dark. We got to make it realistic. Like pick and choose, man. Like how much more darker is the next Batman movie going to be versus the darker ones we've gotten? Where, where are we going to go with this? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think that allowing some of the superhero elements from the comics to come in would not be a bad idea. I I, I think that it's Batman. You have to have a certain a, amount of dark and gritty just because that's the world that he operates in, and that's Gotham. Um, but, you know, talking real quick about the villains, I I, I didn't really we – we haven't really talked about Colin Farrell giving a performance A that I – would not recognize that as Colin Farrell's voice. One, uh, he does a great. I I don't know what accent that is. Like it's it's almost like a New Jersey accent. It's, it it's like, like New Jersey, like Boston, whatever, right? Like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, under a bunch of makeup, you would not recognize Colin Farrell as the character. But I think that he's one of the best performances in the movie. Um, I really love Jeffrey Wright as Gordon. Um, I, I talked a little bit earlier about, you know, Pattinson being in the costume and versus, you know, Keaton, da, 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 da. Um, oh, and also people being like, oh, what do you think about the guy from Twilight being Batman? Like, I'm very much aware that these people are actors. Um, and, uh, you know, you can put 
I don't want to say anybody in a suit and have them do well, but like this is Robert Pattinson has also worked with like a lot of directors just because he's in a vampire, you know, series that I'm not a fan of. I, I don't think that that, you know, should somehow damper enthusiasm of him playing the character. I think he did a really good job. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that he does get to play with that, you know, that, that persona of the playboy in the next movie. And we get to see him have a little bit of fun. And also as an actor, I guess, you know, I don't yeah, you have Bruce Wayne having too much fun, but um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that uh, he did a, a wonderful job with it. And hopefully, you know, they were smart enough to write him in for X amount of movies. Like I can't imagine that you make these deals anymore and you're not like, okay, you're signing up for this one but if it does well you got to make seven more you know so yeah i, I think curious I, to see how that's going to play into I, I just think that um with with him i think he's going to the steps he's going to take forward from this movie is that he has to be more socially engaged and so that will show him being out and about and, and it, 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 that's the mask he's going to put on and i think i think that will be fun to watch him like socially be awkward and get through it that's fine. Like I'm okay with, I'm, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with any of that. Um, cause the whole, the whole thing is that Batman is Batman and Bruce Wayne is the face. I get it. That's been a theme that's revisited multiple times in, in, in the series and the comics. Again, I don't think he was perfectly fine in this. I, I know I made the twilight joke cause it's low hanging fruit. Um, but it, there's also a bit too, when he's on the street, uh, there's a deli that, um, it, it the, some of the, the sign, the, the letters are burned out. It says good time. That's the film that um, got him on the radar for Matt Reeves. That's like, I think this is the guy I want for this film. So I need to go back and watch Good Time. Yeah, I just, yeah. Uh, I've not heard of that movie. It's from the guys who did Uncut Gems, which I know you know that from the Am Sandler thing that just came out like two years ago. There's a film that Pattinson's in that and he like. Hilarious. <laughs> Adam Sandler needs to be uh he he should have been Falcone. That's what I'm saying in this film. <laughs> yeah, that's who I think I left out of the credits. John Turturro at the, the beginning of this film. Oh, maybe I did discuss him, but uh yeah, I mean that's another big name where you're like, "Oh my god." Like he's so good. He's so good. I in this. I, I mean yeah, he's he's really good in it and I'm not saying that I wouldn't have recognized him, but the first, when he popped up, I didn't know he was in the movie when he popped up, and I'm like, "Wait, he's playing Carmine Falcone? That's really interesting." Um, didn't the Transformer pee I don't on know, you at I, one point? Going back to, <laughs> didn't Bumblebee piss on you at one point? Why are you doing this movie? <laughs> I, I think that uh, I, I talked a little bit about uh, Ellen. I don't think I gave her her due, um, and this is actually what I wanted to say in, in regards to the characters when I was talking about the fact that. You know, they had to reinvent the Riddler for this. They had to give us a version of Catwoman that we haven't seen before. But again, I'll, I'll say this about Catwoman's design. Like, Zoe Kravitz, obviously, gorgeous woman. Um, and I, I get the realistic vibe of, like, oh, we'll go ahead and give her, like, a, a pullover um, hat or a snow hat that kind of looks like cat ears. Like, would it have killed them just to give her cat goggles, like, in the comics and be done with it? Like, it, it, it it's one of those 
things where I'm like, it looks fine, but A, like, why hide her her face? And B, like, it just looks better aesthetically. Like, I... I mean, you know... If you're going to go to the point where she's got a, a you know, a toolkit for breaking safes, uh, I think that you can give her a pair of goggles. Like, or, or how about this, where, like, we get her doing her job... And then she has a pair of um, like, like, you know, those oversized headphones that we see now, like the Beats headphones with like the cat ears. So she's just mm. doing her job. Like she gets, you know, doing her thing, listening to music, cracking safes or whatever. Like, cause that happened. Like, if you look now, you could look up a bunch of different cat ear headphones. <laughs> like, I mean, I might be wearing some right now. You don't know, but um, <laughs> like, yeah, I just, you know, like, it works, but it's like also like you go so far with the cat suit and her having all the cats. It's like, okay, you have more cats than Michelle Pfeiffer at, at your apartment. I get it. Like, just like you could have gone one step further and it would have been fun. like, it was okay. But I agree that like the ski mask where like when it covers her nose, it looks like she has no nose. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, okay. Right. Yeah. It was a little weird, but I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so I, I it, it's interesting, you know, uh, going back to Batman Returns in 92, uh, you know, Danny DeVito, great actor. I'm not really a huge fan of that version of the Penguin. Michelle Pfeiffer, I think, still visually probably has the mark of the most, like, pop culturally, I guess, uh, popular uh, look of that character. I don't know that. Um, Anne Hathaway, as much as I like Anne Hathaway as an actress, uh, I, I don't think that people are still talking about Selena Kyle from that movie. Um, and like Zoe Kravitz, I think gave a really great performance and I'm hoping we get to see more of her, but I just, I, I just want them to embrace a little bit more of the comics, I guess, in the sense of like, if you're going to go this far, like the ski mask is not going to cut it. Just put her in a set of goggles and, you know, maybe some cat ears and just call it a day. <laughs> uh, well, fair enough. But I would also, um, oh shit. What's her name? Um, that was from, uh, not Eartha Kit. It was the other one from the sixties Batman. Um, uh, well, there's, there's three, there's Lee Merriweather. Yeah. Lee Merriweather, uh, Eartha Kit, And, um, Oh, I can't believe it just blanked on the last name. Julie Newmar. That's her, there, Julie Newmar. There, that's what I was talking about. My God. Like, yes, that's my Catwoman. Uh, hashtag my Catwoman. I don't know. But uh, yeah, just anyway, she's like she's like seven foot tall and gorgeous. But whatever. No, Zoe Kravitz is great, too. But also Julie Newmar was a lot of fun as Catwoman. A little campy, but I liked it. No, I think I think Zoe Kravitz was great here. I like that, um, that she... Um, Again, she worked in the gray and then the whole bit when she had the, like the, um, the, the contact lens and was like, you know what? You're harsh and you're harsh and my mellow. I'm out. <laughs> and she pulls the, the contact out. Mm -hmm. And then later that she has it the sitting with like the little posted note and like, there's a cat nearby. I thought that was fun. Like I, I, I liked, I liked her a lot. She was, she had her own, her own thing going on and she, uh, was very confident. I dug that. Um, I think it was a bit of a cheat that like when, when um, Batman comes, he's like, we don't like, don't use guns. This is what we like. This is not the way. And it's like, but yeah, but he's my father. It's like, yeah, well you don't know. And I don't know. In the next 30 seconds, I want to take him outside by a street lamp. And he's going to get murked. Like I just felt 
like there was like, oh, you didn't shoot him, but some weirdo in a trash bag did. Like, all right, vengeance has been served. Like, I don't know. It's like it, it just felt it just felt a little weird. Well, I <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think that the whole point of the movie is is you know that the vengeance isn't always the key to closure, maybe or uh, at least maybe not closure, but finding your way uh, into uh, whatever your future may be. I think that's that's the running theme, not only throughout the character, but also yeah, that's fair through this movie. Yeah. So anyway, I know I'm, t- I just, I just, I, I did I like, okay. So the, the, the quality of the riddles, like, let me just put it this out here where it's like, you got to bring the rat out into the light. That is oddly specific. And for the Riddler to be like, Oh, Oh, after my shitty Spanish that we found out the penguins, like, does nobody speak Spanish around here correctly? How there was so much, um, like debate about who the rat was, who the stool pigeon was, like for them to be like, oh yeah, it's it's it, you know it, it's Carmine, you know uh, Falcone, he's coming out, and it's like, oh, you brought him under a streetlight, like, like it's just all that, like it, it works in terms of the movie, but you think about it, you start pulling the thread, you're like, Batman targeted like seven people as like the stool pigeon, and also the the pink ones, like you don't even have the right verb tense for this, like <laughs> I don't know, it's like that kind of speaks to like. Oh, you don't speak American? I don't know Spanish. Whatever. It's fine. Well, I, I thought it was really funny because doesn't he make fun of him? He's like, world's greatest detective. Yes. No, like, it, you're that right. Was, He's like, you guys can't even figure I out like, that was kind of funny. The, right, like, the right tense for this or whatever. <laughs> that was great. He's like, you guys are idiots. Like, you not do Duolingo or Rosetta Stone? Like, yeah, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I always, again, Riddler is a tough nut to crack if you're if you're, you know, playing with that character, it's it's like, where do you go in the sense of, you know, do you make, how hard do you make the riddles? You can't make it like the Batman 66 series where, uh, you know, it's, it's some ludicrous riddle with an idiotic, uh, you know, answer, you know, um, I, I guess, and I, I guess I'm leaving Jim Carrey out of here as well, but I, my memory of him in Batman Forever, I think he only leaves like two riddles, actually. I could be wrong on that. No, Maybe there's and, more. And you're not that wrong, but the riddles um, that he leaves aren't that different from the ones being given, which, I mean, I will also say, with the ciphers given, which is very much like the Zodiac Killer, um, I just want to mention that Alfred was very helpful coming in with all this, too. I thought that was appreciated. appreciated. But it's like, oh, I'm going to leave you a birthday card with some riddles. That is not that different from uh, Batman Forever, by the way. just It's been a while since you've probably seen that, but it's really not that different. Okay, well, that's fair. Uh, yes, I think a few years ago. Um, but uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that in my head... I, I, it's hard for me because like I actually like have ideas where I'm like, well, if I ever got to do Batman, I know what I would do with the Riddler. And I don't know why I'm like, oh, I'm going to keep him here in my head because uh, <laughs> it's not like I'm going to get to do those things. But like I, I, I just I feel like of, of the characters, you know, the ones who should be cut and dry are Joker and, uh, you know, Two-Face. When you get to characters like uh, the Riddler, like how do you make him a relevant? How do you not make him the guy? who used to talk about grants for the government. Like 
Do you remember that guy who ran around in the Riddler suit? Oh, uh, Ash Lesko. <laughs> yeah, you're talking yeah, about the guy in like, go. yeah, he had the, the question mark uh, suit, right? Like, yeah, look up my, buy my book, Ash Lesko. You know, yeah. He's the true Riddler. Yeah. <laughs> and he needs to be hunted down right now by multiple Batmen. Um, no, I, like, I'm. Yeah, I, I just, yeah. I, I, I. Continue, please. Oh, go ahead. No, I just. I, I like, no, I, I think that when you're <laughs> no, Steve, please speak. You are you are the bat. You are a Batman man. Please speak. I was just going to say. I think there's only so you can only do the Riddler and make his riddle so clever. Like there's just you know I I, I don't want to. I thought they were fine. Uh, I thought that they worked better than than previous iterations in in that regard. <laughs> I mean, no, the riddles are fine. Again, it feels very much like seven, uh, especially whenever uh, his whole. Also, by the way, it also feels like the Dark Knight, where part of his uh, goal is to be captured. Right? It's like eh, we've seen this, and like also, like we've not even talked about this. Like the sheer amount of corruption in the Gotham PD, which I mean. I guess is a thing that happens all the time in Gotham. I understand that corruption in political systems and police departments is a real thing that we're dealing with now. And you know, who knows where the, that it's actually ever going to be figured out and cured. But again, um, it feels like that's a thing that was re- that was visited in the dark night and how everything was like, people were like compromised because of the corruption and where they were. So it's like I as much as I really 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 like that we get a Batman detective story here. Um and I understand like you know exposing Gotham and then he needs to be more than that fine. I get I like I'm not being blind to what's going on. I'm not being obtuse. Um and uh, like also can I can I speak to you before I get like with Jeffrey Wright as, you know, um Jim Gordon, his his blind faith to the Batman is like borderline ridiculous in this. And I know I'm nitpicking where it's like, no, 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 I trust him. Leave me alone for two minutes. By the way, here's a key. He's going to punch me in the face. And he like later is like, you punched me really hard. And Batman's like, yeah, I pulled it. <laughs> like, I just like Jim Gordon doesn't trust anybody. He's like, I got my man crush. It's this Batman and we're going to be together forever. Like, it just feels weird to me. Like, how blind his loyalty is. However, he's part of a system that he may not trust, but he doesn't trust anybody else. And that feel, like, how do you rise that far without like trusting anybody? I don't know. But anyway, um, I feel like police corruption and Gotham PD corruption has run through so many Batman stories that we had have had so far cinematically that it would have been nice to have like, a case for him to figure out that maybe Gotham wasn't the ultimate culprit in it. That's all. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, uh... like, do you know what I'm saying? Like it would have been nice to have him just do a detective story about somebody like doing their own thing, which um, like you and I watched um, uh, hush, the animated <sighs> hush, right? That has nothing to do with like, um, uh-huh. like Gotham, right? It's just whatever. It's all Batman's past, and that's. I think that'd have been fine too. Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I think people 
really, I don't know. I, 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 I again, it just comes back to, <laughs> I, I, I can't get it out of my head. The, the, and I'm I'm trying not to go off on tangents, and that's that's really hard because we're like in hour eight of the show right now, uh, or hour one um, uh, thirty minutes into the Batman. That's where we're. I'm kidding. Continue, yes. <laughs> no, I I just uh, I think for what it was, you know, them not setting up, you know. Okay, so you you bring up like Jim Gordon, like okay, well, why does he have this blind faith in him? Okay, well, you know, we we didn't see, you know, the Batman year one. We're in Batman year two. So we don't know what transpired between the two of them, you know. Um, and the idea behind Jim Gordon, and particularly in the comic, the comic version of year one, is that, you know, he's like a lone wolf in the sense of like, oh, my God, I'm like on an almost completely corrupt police force. Um, and you know, that's what, you know, bonds him to Batman is, is that he, he realizes that, you know, well, Batman realizes that Gordon's actually a good cop and that Gordon mm-hmm. recognizes like he's trying to do something to clean up the city. Um, uh, the, 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 the Gordon Batman relationship that we're portrayed in this movie is no different than the way it is in the comics. And that's, uh, I know, I guess, you know, call me a honk for, you know, that trope, but like, that's, that's what I want. I don't want Gordon being like, why should I trust you? And I don't know why I just gave him like, a penguin <laughs> just, style. But, I'm going to chop my cigar. They won't let me have in this movie because smoking's <laughs> outlawed. You know, I mean, sure. Is it a trope? Fine. Is it something that, you know, uh, sticks in your craw where it doesn't mind. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I don't think the film hurts by it, you know, oh, no, that's um, fair. No, you're, you're, or is hurt by it. I, I like the fact that, no, you're right. You know, Batman has very few people in his inner circle that he can trust. And I like that Jim Gordon is one of them. Okay. So, um, I know we're wrapping this up here. Did, did we need, did we need uh, the, um, the tease of the Joker in this? Did we need it? I'm kind of really split on this one. I'm, I'm so I, I saw an interview with Matt Reeves or I read an interview, I should say, um, where he discusses that scene and his whole thing is, is he's like, people think that's an Easter egg. He's like, it's really not. He's like, uh, I, I wanted to do, uh, a scene, you know, where we see somebody else who's in Arkham and not have to, you know, he's like, I'm not telling you that the Joker is going to be the villain in the 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 sequel. I'm just saying that, like, there's already an established, like, role here of, of, in Gotham. And um, and in that sense, like, I like that scene I could see happening in a comic book. I really could. Um, so I kind of like it for that reason. But at the same time, uh, there's a part of me that just wants to go. All right. F you like, don't tell me that it's not a, a, you know, uh, some sort of, you know, Easter egg for a future movie. Like you, you're putting him in there because you want to use the Joker at some point and you don't want to get stuck with your Leto's Joker. So you got to do something. Yeah. Do you know the actor they cast in the role? This is a spoiler here. 
It's the guy who played. Yeah, it was a Druig from uh, Druid. Yeah, the, the Turtles. So, yeah, I don't know. He's like, like, and Matt Reeves is like, I want somebody fearless. I'm like, well, yeah, fearless that you're, yeah, you know, you got nothing to lose because you're Druig. <laughs> Turtles, like, whatever. It's fine. It's it's fine. It's like, and if you like, can we have? It's the same thing happens with Spider Man. Can we have more than the the, the three that we know? Like, please, can we get a, like a live action version of like Victor Zaz? Can we get like, um, like a live action version of like, I don't know. Um, I, you know, you like, what, what about, um, oh, what was it? The, the puppet guy, um, like the ventriloquist, Scarf the ventriloquist. Face. Yeah. Scarface, right? The ventriloquist yes. or like, what, what about doing Clayface, which would not exist in the world, this world, but like, can we do something different, please? Like, why not? Well, that's the... That's the thing that's that's weird to me. So, uh, you know, I, I also read an interview where he said that, like, he thinks that there's a version of Mr. Freeze that he can do that would work. I'm like, OK, that's fine. And again, I want you to move away from trying to be so realistic that you can't do a character like Mr. Freeze in the first. So, yeah, we just had a Skype uh, break us up here uh, in the middle of my my epic thought about the villains, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I feel like Matt Reeves throws the Joker in at the end of the movie because he wants to throw the Joker in at the end of the movie. I don't think I feel like he wants to do that character. No offense to him. I, I get his theory of like, well, I want to make it, you know, the world of Batman and, you know, you don't see enough of him to confirm it's the Joker, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay, fine. Uh, but, you know, I would like to see, some other villains explore, you know, I, I think the dark Knight gave us clearly the best version of, uh, you know, two face, but there are so many other characters that we could see. Uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, you mentioned the ventriloquist. I think that could be interesting. Uh, I think Matt Hatter might be somebody who could oh, be yeah. interesting. That'd be fun. Uh, and again, not, not everybody has to be a huge role. You know, you can have minor villains within these stories. So I don't know. Yeah. So, no. So, okay. So, um, just wrapping it up, uh, the Batman, um, yeah, it's a solid movie. Like, like, like maybe, maybe you could have tripped some of the fat and got this at like two and a half hours, but whatever, like it is what it is. It never, it never drags. And, um, I liked it. it it's a solid film. Um, and I will say though, as a detriment, my first thought was I need to watch the dark Knight again. And I went back, like I said earlier, I ended up watching that over the course of two days because one, you watch uh, jackass forever. And then a three hour Batman movie, you, you only have so much bandwidth available <laughs> to watch movies. So I ended up finishing the dark Knight again today. I, I adore the dark Knight, and it's not, it's not a slam against the Batman. However, um, you know, it's one of those, it's one of those things like if you come for the king, you better not miss. And this film is good. The Batman is good. And considering how they've been kind of handling uh, the character of Batman recently within uh, Warner Brothers and the, the the DC extended universe, I dig it. And I think maybe if I come back and revisit it like later, my appreciation might go up. But I liked it a great deal, and it was a very satisfying watch. Yeah, I mean, I certainly feel like. Uh... You can do a lot worse than watching the Batman, even if you're not a big Batman fan. I think that it's a well-done movie. I think it's 
Again, while there's changes made, I, I think that the actual movie itself feels kind of like a story arc within a comic. Um, and I think that's probably why I liked it so much. Um, I like the fact that we're not, we're just thrown into the world of Batman without ha- them having to set it up because they trust that you know those answers already. I really like the fact that uh, they focus on Batman as the main character as opposed to, hey, here's some villains and, and Batman. Uh, I'm very interested in seeing more. I, I Again, I, I said it earlier in the episode, I'm sure that they signed Pattinson for more than one movie. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm eager to see him get to play more with the role. Um, and, I, and I don't know if it's been delayed simply because of this or if they're trying to space out their Batmans. But, uh, you know... The, the Monday or Tuesday after this, uh, DC or Warner Brothers, I should say, reshuffles its schedule and moves The Flash, which is going to be reintroducing us to Michael Keaton's Batman uh, from the end of the year into like the middle of next year. It's like June, I think, uh, next year now for The Flash. So maybe they're giving this movie a little bit more room to breathe uh, so that the two aren't compacted in together. But uh, uh, I should also say that that movie will also have Ben Affleck's Batman in it. So, you know, I, I shouldn't just also make I shouldn't make it all about Keaton uh, and Pattinson. But I, I, I am curious to see how that's going to play out. And I'm, I'm wondering if the overwhelming love for this film has something to do with that uh, decision. Maybe. So I guess we'll see. And then also there's the uh, Batgirl film coming that has Keaton involved as well. So. We'll see what happens next, right? So, so far, I feel like the course correction, for the most part, for DC and Warner Brothers is done okay. Maybe maybe they're being more patient about, like, you know, putting the cart before the horse. Guess we'll see. I dug the Batman. You could do way worse uh, watching a three-hour movie. Um, I, I will also say that um, um, I got to see this in, like, the XD format with, like, the large screen and loud sound. And, um, I got to tell you anytime the bat, like the, the Batmobile, whatever that was, that monster car, my sheet, my sheet, my seat was shaking and it was like, Oh God, what's going on with this car? I kind of like it, you know? So (laughs) it like, the sound was amazing. And like, go see this. Like, again, like I like this, I like this a great deal. Is it is it my favorite of the films, The Dark Knight? Still, even watching it like over the course of two days, I adore The Dark Knight. It's a, like I said, almost perfect film. Um, uh, you know, like there, there's some bits in there here and there, but um, watch this on the largest screen that is available to you. Be safe, um, be reasonable, and with like the biggest sound. My God, this is a spectacle, and it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and you know, I, I mean, we, we talk about all the time the fact that, uh, you know, particularly in the streaming area that we're in now, uh, that, you know, we've got Disney Plus doing Marvel shows now. There are going to be series that are coming out of this. There's going to be a, a Penguin series. I think that's going to be an HBO Max thing, uh, as is a uh, what apparently was supposed to be more of a Gotham PD series. Uh, central story is turning more into an Arkham Asylum series. Apparently there's going to be that we're going to be getting more of this version of the Batman. And, uh, you know, I, I want, I want the things that I want <laughs> to, to happen and change. Um, but hopefully, you know, 
with them opening the worlds up, hopefully that they're on the right track of, of doing things. I mean, uh, so far this year, I've gotten Peacemaker and the Batman. So right now, Warner Brothers is uh, doing much better than they have in the past, I guess, with the, my expectations of what their films are going to be or content is going to be. Absolutely. So there we go. That's our discussion about the Batman. Uh, let us know your thoughts, feelings. If you've seen the film, uh, you can find us on our Facebook page at Invasion of the Podcast. You can email us directly at invadingpodcast.gmail.com. We have a blog um, that is um, dustier than um, Wayne Manor. Right, it's 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 very similar. Like the dust that's been building up, we need to actively shove a table across the floor, like Robert Pattinson, to get the dust off of the blog. Uh, you can check us out there, invasionpodcast.com. Uh, wherever you find your podcast, rate and reviews would be greatly appreciated. And Steve, where can people find you? You can find me at the slasher dot com. You can. find Find me on Instagram and Facebook under the slasher. Um, still on Twitter for some reason under the Saturday slasher. Uh, and uh, our Etsy store remains on vacation. Uh, but uh, uh, if you want to uh, just reach out to me, uh, you can uh, contact me through Facebook or Instagram, and I'll be happy to sell you a comic. All right, perfect. So let's just, I know we've talked a lot about a Batman, so let's just get into a game revolving around a Batman. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. (laughs) So we know Batman has many, many, many villains that he's dealt with. So, my question to you tonight, Steve, you being the Batman aficionado, um, is this a real Batman villain or a fake one? That's, that's where we're at with this. Are you ready? I don't know. I just spent a lot of time talking authoritatively about Batman, and here's where I'm going to prove that I'm just a hack and a fraud. <laughs> All right, here we go. Calculator. Mm, man, it's it's... It's too close to the calendar man, but uh, it's also just dumb enough to be a a villain as well. I'm going to say fake. It is real. That was a character dressed up as a calculator. And it was so so I was doing my best to to try to find like over a spectrum of years because there's a lot of weird 60s and 70s shit that was happening in this. So the calculator is real. Um, and I also want to believe that his powers are depending upon if the sun or sun is out or not, you know, like he goes out, he's like, Oh, <laughs> you know, no, he is real. Um, yeah. And eventually I guess they worked him into being like a numbers guy for like the mob, but earlier on he was dressing up as a calculator. So whatever dumb as all get out. All right. Um, Reverend doom. Oh man. It it sounds like the Reverend from um the cult, but I don't think that was his name. Batman the Cult is a eighty-nine oh eighty-nine, an eighties uh Batman miniseries by artist Bernie Wrightson. Um oh man. I I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that he's real. 
We'll, he is we'll fake. Find out that I'm wrong. He's fake. I made it up. So I thought that was a great name. So there we go. All right. Um, fake name. All right. Um, uh, all right. I'm so I'm zero for two, folks. <laughs> Questionnaire. So there's Clue Master, there's the Riddler, there's the question. Questionnaire, I'm going to say, is false. They're <laughs> fake. It's not real. It is false. I almost put Clue Master because I'm like, that's a dumb name for a character. But you're right. Questionnaire is a fake name. Congratulations. So you got that one. Razorburn. And Clue Master is real. Yeah, he is real. Uh, Razorburn. Razorburn. I'm going to say false. I keep saying false. I'm going to say he's fake. He's not real. It's a real, it's a real character. It's a dumb name. I just, I, as much as I love Spider-Man. Who the hell is Razor? I don't, I don't know. It was like the the last 20 years. He's a henchman. I also, I should also specify that these are like Batman and Batman adjacent uh, characters. Cause it was really, really hard to track down like a specific rogues gallery because of the bat family. And then like the mob stuff. So, yeah, Razorburn, dumb name. It's it's on it's on the line with like Taserface. Yeah, it's it's dumb. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, right. when you said Razorburn, I immediately thought Taserface. Okay, uh, Johnny Warlock. Johnny Warlock. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, I'm gonna say it's false. It's real. I mean, it, it it's sounds real. like Adam Warlock. It's but. real. Johnny Warlock is real. He's the brother of Adam Warlock. That's not true, but the character's name. It's a real character. Very, very dumb. Just Batman is dumb. Batman's sorry. Batman villains are dumb. All right. Um, all right. Um, Grinder. <laughs> God, Grinder sounds like he would be, you know, a henchman for somebody. <sighs> I've been wrong, so I'm going to go against my instincts and say that uh, that's fake. It is fake. <laughs> All right. I thought you'd appreciate that because it's like it could have been right. That is so dumb. That's such a that's such a goddamn dumb one. All right. Uh, all right. Onomatopoeia. Oh, that's real. That's a Kevin Smith character. God damn it. Yeah, you're right. It's just, that's a dumb character. It's a dumb character name. You're right. It's no, weird. he's not. I really like that. Okay, character. great. Character. I mean, you know, somebody has to, right? So, all right. Uh, all right. Uh, Bat Zaro. That's real. That's uh, a bizarro version of Batman. Okay. That's real as well. Right? Okay. Okay. All right. Fine. Fine, fine. You figured me out. Okay, great. Um, Mr. Hero. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Hero may not be a real hero, uh, but he will be a villain to your uh, anus. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine, fine. You're right. (laughs) That is what I made up. Okay, okay, okay. Johnny Mid. This this episode brought to you by the Roman Burger. Yeah, <laughs> I like the Roman Burger. All right, Johnny Midnight, real or fake? 
Johnny Midnight sounds like a 40s character. I'm going to say real. It is fake for Batman, but Steve, come on. If, if you have uh, ever listened to the other show that I do, uh, Strange Highways, uh, there was a uh, detective show that was very, very limited, and multiple actors showed up on Johnny Midnight. So that's not a Batman character. I thought you would uh, sniff that out. Um, yeah, so. I was thinking Hawaiian Eye. No, that's the other one. You're right. That, <laughs> that one had a much far-reaching, uh, like, <laughs> that one showed up multiple times, but Johnny Midnight is just a fun, it's, it was the name of this private eye that was, like, above a playhouse that, like, you know, in, like, New York. Yeah, that was his name. I think that's a great name. All right. All right. What do we have here? Um, all right. Uh, um, fishnet. Fishnet. That sounds like a penguin villain or a henchman. So I'm going to say that's true. That is real. You're right. All right. I like your thought process. Uh, punchline. Punchline. Uh. Oh boy. I'm going to say that's real. Cause I feel like, I feel like that's a character that was just introduced in the last like year or two. Right. You're right. That was another, um, squeeze of the Joker and she's much more, um, n- like no business. Like she, no, sorry, all business. No, no jokes. Um, like she is, um, like, uh, like diametrically opposed to like, uh, Harley Quinn. Yeah, you're right. So, all right. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, okay. Dr. Obsidian. I'm pretty sure there's a character named Obsidian in the DCU. Uh, I don't know. Dr. Obsidian. <laughs> I know. I, I'm fairly positive there is a. Uh, obsidian character i don't know if they're dr obsidian though so i'll say uh, true well i just i don't know why you didn't think this person can go to medical school and get their phd or whatever <laughs> um no it's that's uh, that's the name of a character i made a couple years ago in an mmo called a wild star there's just, there was a race of rock people and i'm like well you know i'll just make dr obsidian i thought that was a cool name but that was the, i've not seen a batman character name that so there we go all right um <laughs> well, I don't know that there's a Batman character necessarily, but I feel like there is a DC character. Watch, you're going to be proven right now. I'll be like, God damn it. I, my, my thought process is terrible. All right. So, all right. Uh, here we go. Um, PB and J. It's a duo. That's fake. Okay, fine. I thought that was great. I thought I was tra- I thought I was so close to teasing. You. Okay, fine. Um, what about jazz hands? That's fake. Okay, fine. Okay. The general. <laughs> the insurance character? Uh, um, before I answer this, I'd just like to say that Obsidian is a fictional superhero published by DC Comics. So that that's a real character. Um, he just wasn't a doctor. So Okay, great, um, great. Congratulations. I was I, talking about I the went doctor. to Wikipedia. I, I, I was talking about the Doctor Obsidian, thank you. Not that one. This the <laughs> le, the lesser part of the family. Thank you very much. All right. <laughs> All right. So uh where were we? I apologize. I jazz hands. Lost, uh, jazz hands. Jazz hands. 
Yeah, jazz hands is fake. Okay, well, I mean, yes, but you didn't know that. All right. Um, okay, what about... So we said the general. Sorry, the general, like, yes or no? The general is a, a real or fake? Generals. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Skype failed you because you were like you were giving a wrong answer. What was the question? What was the answer? <laughs> Apparently, it's true. It uh, is true. God damn it, it is true. All right, um, Doctor Moon. Doctor Moon. I'm gonna say that that's that's real. That is real. Okay, Joey Claus Vertino, the Lobster Mobster. <laughs> I I want to say it's real, but I'm going to say it's 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 fake. Okay, it is fake. Okay, fine, fine. Okay, all right. What else we got here? Um, Savage Skull. Savage Skull. Uh, I'm going to say that's real. It is real. All right. Um, I think we got the rest of this. Okay, the Mancano. I'm hoping that's fake. I've never heard of the Mankino. <laughs> All right. So uh, your answer is fake. Yes. Okay. It is fake. Okay, fine. Fine. Uh, my attempts at uh, tricking you have failed miserably. So um, can I just say that I really, really liked jazz hands and uh, the lobster mobster <laughs> like, because it's Batman <laughs> who knows, right? <laughs> like there's nothing given like, <laughs> all right so all right that like very, steve, very true steve knows his batman villain so i uh my like you know my um my i like he figured me out my 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 ruses were terrible so that's gonna do it for us this week um uh, everybody uh have a good week have a safe week next week on the show here uh, as I clap excitedly, um, we're going to get into some Dark Side of the Ring, which is a Vice series that you can find on Hulu. Um, please, please, please check this out if you, well, I mean, if you want to be depressed. However, I know we've talked about wrestling in the first half, uh, like the first, I don't know, seven hours of this episode or whatever. There is an episode. It is season three, episode eight. It's available on Hulu called The Plane Ride to Hell. Um, I know Steve does like professional wrestling. This is going to be a dark ride, um, pun intended. Uh, we're going to get into it, and it's going to be um, uh, revelatory and interesting to get into. So, Steve, thank you for talking about the dark and gritty Batman. We're going to get into some dark and gritty wrestling. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be an uh, interesting discussion. This was a fun discussion, and uh, I, I got nothing other than, um, I don't know, uh, I got nothing for the back. Like cellophane? Is is that your go-to outfit? That's a little weird. <laughs> I mean, unless I'm naked, sure. Yes, this is real music. Dark, brooding, important, groundbreaking. Check out the lyrics.
get it. That's just the first verse. Stop! 